Material Components Episode 32 Bonds of Family and Forge Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me as always are my stalwart adventurers. Hey adventurers, how you doing? Ah, so it's... good. Howdy. It's hot. Yeah, it, it is it, it is very hot. Yes, as of this recording, we are currently experiencing upper 90s, low 100s degree temperatures where we all live, and uh... So if you hear some background noise, it's because we're all trying to desperately not melt. Having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. Yeah, well, look, the tropics can keep it. Thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, I am Olivia. I will be playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I will be playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I am Michael, and I will be playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. This has all been very nice cross-talk, but I'm the Paladin. I have to keep us on track. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of keeping you all on track, I would like to hop on the track of asking you all whether or not you remember what happened last time. We went shopping. Again, yeah. Shopping 2.0. Um, you did do shopping, but uh, you got some new outfits. This is true. Mm -hmm. uh, some of you yeah. got fancy outfits that you will be showing off at the, the mayor's cotillion. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then we, we met a witch. Yeah, we met yes. A, an old that's era that's lady. I don't like her. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, she was... She was like real mean to crawl like towards the end there yeah um, yeah it wasn't cool well i mean not even towards the, a lot at the beginning and then there was a nice kind of like okay <laughs> middle bit and then yeah. just like right that was end. all a lie yeah yeah like she had to take you aside and be like hey by the way i was lying that whole time i do actually fucking hate you <laughs> i don't know if she so much hates me as she just is like hey you you're not you're important, not important. <laughs> yeah which is it's fine. You're ugly, so take that, stupid ugly <laughs> bird lady. Nah. It's true. Old Morgana seemed to be in possession of certain facts, or at least what she believes to be facts, and she was very, very aggressive about sticking to her guns where those facts are concerned. Those facts include... There are there are there are there are eight uh, um, threadless 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 yeah it's been a day nine um, <laughs> yeah there well according to her there's, there's eight threadless and Grawl there's rhyming there. couplets it's very important Grawl I'm sorry you just can't be in it well how do you with the couplets that's that whatever there's supposed to be eight of us there whatever of of you guys there sorry I don't want to include yeah. myself um, we also yeah we spied on. We scried, sorry. Uh, scried on the other members. Um, yeah, uh, attempted to, anyway. Attempted to. Um, Valor was uh, fighting something and mm -hmm. shepherding 
uh, innocent people. Um, so he's probably going to need some help soon. Um, Kalila was meeting with Netta, which yeah, is not just chilling, just, just chilling, hanging out, just the wandering rose. So that was cool. Yep. Uh, good, not concerning at all. Nope. Um, <laughs> Camion is north. That's all really all that we could we could pick Some, up. Somewhere north, possibly somewhere north. at the, I mean, old at the tower. tower. That's not super hard, given that like we are in the southwest. A lot of most <laughs> everything is north of us. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess. I guess. Yes. I will clarify that they not are north of us, but not north. The north of the valley. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And Judah was too badass for us to scry him. Yeah. yeah. So wise. So much goddamn willpower. Mm-hmm. He rolled very well on his save to not be scryed on. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, Lucretia's oh, alive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. She's alive. Whoops. Guess I have to go, I don't know, save her and then maybe kill her again. <laughs> you, have a, you have a really weird way of showing you care about somebody. Yep. I need to save you uh, and then bring you back so I can murk you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, in, all, all in day's work. Yeah. Yes, this was also the first time that you had all sort of come to the realization that Tirza had left her lance behind. Uh, Maretzker has not seen any action since that event, and no one had really picked up on it until right now. Yep. So did, the, did it go with her? Nope, nope, I just nope. left it in an alley. You just left it? Okay. Yep, so the, the sacred piece of your order left behind after committing a morally questionable act. Uh-huh. Was it left behind as in like, oh, oh no, or is it like, oh, oh shit, we're three episodes from when that happened and I didn't pick it up. Well, no, here's the thing. So. Nobody has asked. Oh, interesting. It is just... Only now that some of you are picking up on that fact is all. Yeah, alrighty then. I'm sure it's fine. It's probably Indeed. fine. Yeah. I don't like that, that yes. you're the one that's saying that it's fine. It's usually Mike saying that. I don't know. That. I don't like change. I think we well, all say it's a pretty common phrase in this group. Yeah. yeah. So yes. We, we do so you, many things that are probably going to be fine. <laughs> you had scried on all the members of the Threadless as well as one more individual. Yes. I don't recall. Oh, well, he recalls very, very firmly. Uh, you attempted to spy on one Phineas Finebrook, and in doing so, opened a door that could not be shut. He saw the scrying attempt and lashed back out through it with tendrils of darkness, attacking everyone in Old Morgana's Vardo. Shattering her crystal ball. What a turd. Yeah. Indeed. And said turd was staying at the called shot, it seemed, in the brief glance you got through the scrying orb. Yeah. But you had all decided to vacate that premises and camp out over at Iron Strike Metalworks. But not before Cherish had a bit of a run-in in with the infinite, aforementioned turd in her infinite wisdom which mm-hmm. is not which is not very high i will remind everyone <laughs> she may be smart but she's dumb as hell <laughs> uh yeah uh you know like i didn't want him to 
get away and throwing a rock at him didn't do anything so I followed him. and then you let him get away well okay like yeah but not before having a brief conversation I didn't which... want to kill steel thank you thank yeah. you I know how this party feels about kill stealing I'm looking says directly the into primo the kill stealer yeah, yeah. Not my fault you guys aren't good enough. I... God. We need so many more bottle episodes. It's honestly absurd. It's well, fine. This may be your opportunity because <laughs> last night you had all had a decent meal with Kalkin and Cherish went into yet another alcohol-fueled stupor after sipping the, the lightest of ciders. Seems that though any alcohol will have this effect on Cherish. Or at least the two you've tried so far. I think we won't know until we try them all. Yeah, it's true. Well, three, three is the is like the bare minimum in terms of the scientific method. So unfortunately, okay. I think I'm gonna have to drink. Because I'll say this much: the ones you've tried so far have been fairly high alcohol content. Oh, okay. You you had whiskey and Calkin's homemade cider, which oh, is that was her shit. Oh, yes. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe something a little lower in in value might have a, a different effect. You don't know though. You don't know. Okay. For science, maybe a light beer. You know. But yes, uh, you had also informed everyone about Phineas Finebrook and your conversation with him, uh, and as as was said, it seems as though he wants something from Grawl. What that is, though. You still, or at least most of the party, still doesn't know. Yeah. Grawl doesn't really even know. I mean, he does, but, but he's still stupid. You have a better idea than the rest of us. Yeah. Your main takeaway from that conversation was that he is willing to do anything and everything to get what he wants. And that even included an apology if he thought it would help. Uh. Though, he seems to think it won't. You want to know what he hasn't tried? And I'm waiting for it? Uh, not friendship, romance. No, no, oh. no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, so uh, just... Mike, of a lover. yeah. Whenever you're ready to throw that card out there, ready to go. <laughs> Don't write that down. The hate sex is strong here. <laughs> oh. I mean, next dream. Good times. Fit, Phineas Finebrook is firmly ace, so. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work out for him, but, uh, look, if there was any way he could romance a book of some kind, he would do it, but, so until Grawl well, finds out how to- sapiosexual piece of shit. <laughs> until Grawl transforms into a book, I think that those cards are off the table. That's his final form, good. <laughs> but- uh, But yeah, my, my, uh, my shonen protagonist- speech about not treating people like shit didn't really work. So. Yeah, turns out that doesn't have much of an effect on a high-functioning sociopath. Mm -mm. Mm. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah weird, right? <laughs> kind of figured something like that wouldn't work when he made me bleed for my face on multiple accounts. <laughs> Seems like a reasonable guy. I think I can talk to him. But now we find ourselves on the 19th of Shade, it is early in the morning, and you all find yourselves waking up in 
and around the Iron Strike Metalworks. Cherish, you are the first to wake up after exactly eight hours of rest. You wake up with perfect memory of the night's events. From that first sip of alcohol, those immediate thoughts of God damn it, Mixamilio. To your mother picking you up and bringing you over to your bed and tucking you in for the night after it was explained to her what had happened. Is that like sleep paralysis? That actually sounds very unpleasant. It's more like retrospective sleep paralysis. You only gain the memories of your night's worth of sleep upon waking. Huh. Still weird. It's it's so it's, weird. it's 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 very weird. But it's not as though you're unconscious and unable to move and yet still aware of your surroundings. Mm, yeah. You you do not gain the memories of the night until you wake up. It's like remembering a dream mm. with very vivid clarity. I mean, a lot of it's just boring of, like, you sitting in a room sleeping. Yeah. So it's, like, not very informative, all things considered. But you do get tender moments of your your friends looking out for you when you topple over and your mom picking you up and tucking you into bed. Aww. But like I said, you are the first to wake up. <sighs> I'm gonna go make some tea. Okay. As the morning passes, you all slowly wake up. There were some tents set up out in the, the forge that was kept at a, a low burn throughout the night to make the area a bit warmer than it might otherwise be. As you all find yourselves waking up, greeting the morning, there is shouts in the distance. Hoots, hollers, perhaps. What? Every once in a while, you can hear... Music striking up. Oh, okay. I was like, is there another fire horse situation? Their fire horse is playing music. It just seems like maybe the party's getting started a little early and the the day before the party. You noticed the the ramp up to it yesterday a little bit, but even now, like, in the early morning of the 19th of Shade, you can hear people getting started real early today. Hell yeah. Is it enough to like wake people up like it's like, no. a ruckus or is but it just as, like... as you're like rolling out of your your bed rolls and like because you have to wander out onto the street to come around to the front door of mm-hmm. Cherish and Kalkin's home. And as you're doing so, you can basically hear off in the distance like, oh, the city's already kind of boisterous, but it's not it's not like there's Mardi Gras out on the street already, but there's definitely like, oh, some people are getting started early. It is of note. What do we want to do today? Yeah, I, that was kind of the thing I was going to bring up. Like, Ooh. do we have any, like, scene-worthy things we want to do today? Or do we just want to skip to tomorrow? I don't know. Did any of you have anything you wanted to accomplish on the 19th day of Shade? I mean, I was going to buy cow- like buy some food for the house, but, like, that doesn't need to be... <laughs> a three-hour session <laughs> right and if if you want to just take care of this day in broad strokes you're more than welcome to yeah i it's, oh what are you gonna say olivia oh uh you you just buying things and calkin i might see if i can buy 
some silver from her. And would Kalkin be able to powder silver? Would I have to go somewhere special for that? No, Kalkin would be able to accomplish that very easily. Cool. I'm gonna make some holy water. It's gonna be great. Don't worry about it, guys. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I'm not concerned. Definitely not concerned. No, it's fine. Yep. Uh, I think I think Cher- like Cherish is definitely like like if you mention that she's gonna be like yeah like I'm not saying that like your thing isn't real but like yeah keep her busy I'm gonna go buy food she'll she won't notice. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Does Tirza know the ceremony spell? So, quick question for you. Uh-huh. Does Tirza know the ceremony spell? Isn't that isn't that just all paladin spells are known? I I guess it's more of a of a narrative question in that yes, you can technically have access to any of the paladin spells at the beginning of your day, you pray to get your allotment of spells. So, absolutely. Mechanically, you can get the ceremony spell at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. Would this be um, something Tirza would be versed in, is my question. Uh, only if does holy water, is that specifically for undead, or does that work on abominations as well? That's a very good question. I should have done research on this before <laughs> I brought it up, and I the fully other, the apologize. Other question, the other question is, like, do you, you use holy water for, like, other things? Like, how real real religions do? Like, Probably not. Them? It's probably just for killing uh, not good <laughs> things. So, it doesn't... It, it, it works on... Uh, it does work on things other than undead, but I'll give you three guesses as to the other type that it works on. <laughs> do the first two not count? The first two do not count. It's true. <laughs> oh no, no, it's half elves. It's definitely half elves. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but, fiends tasting my blade is part of my <laughs> is part of my oath. We have such a troubled friendship. <laughs> but here, uh. Let's let's play some Calvin ball with this because I feel as though the Jarashir, whose oaths specifically are warding against aberrations, mm-hmm. would have found a way to uh, channel their blessings into hurting such creatures. So, if we let's say that let's just uh futz with the the ceremony spell right now, because as of right now, it is a first level spell and it can't really be upgraded in any way. Mm-hmm. But, and you might want to write this down. Mm-hmm. If you cast a spell at a second level or higher, you can add creature types to what is affected by your holy water that you create. Mm, making that sauce. Mm. Does it also taste good? So for every additional level Cherish, that you cast ceremony at, mm-hmm. you can add a creature type to the damage that holy water does to. Okay, 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 okay. And if you find other uses for the ceremony spell, perhaps we can adjust it further as well. 
I'm gonna make someone super married. <laughs> Don't, you're I married. mean... You're married throughout all time, space, and infinite universes. You wanna get divorced? <laughs> that sucks. You can't. <laughs> Literally, physically can't. Science. Uh, okay, I'll I'll. Just not gonna bring up that gazebo with the rings, it's fine. Can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> We just don't talk about it anymore. We don't talk nope, about it no. anymore. What gazebo? The gazebo's done. We're done with the gazebo. No zebo. Okay. There's no zebo. Okay, well, while other people are doing other things, I will do some research on... Okay. Um, and whatever the uh, actual gold cost is in terms of a flask of holy water, I will say mm -hmm. you will need to expend to create a uh, a viable flask as on oh. top of your spell slots. Yes. I believe it's... It's 25. Yeah, it's not a ton. Yeah. Um, I'll do that, no problem. Okay, cool. And in fact, actually, I was going to say, um, Tirza also feels bad that Kelkin's been in bad straits, so I'll make it 45. All right. Instead. And if, if that's the case, uh, Kalkin would definitely try to one-up you then and try to give you not just uh, powdered silver, but powdered mithril. Whoa. Um, Tirza will do that and then resolve to give Cherish some extra money for it later. <laughs> you guys are bad at haggling. You're reverse haggling. She's my mom. <laughs> okay. And since the material used was so much finer, I will say the damage type on this flask of holy water is uh, not only radiant, but it also will bump up to 2d10 damage as opposed to 2d6. Wow. Kalkin. I love you. She's the best. So, what a, that is what Tears' Day is consumed with, creating these flasks, or at least one flask of holy water. Mm -hmm. uh, if you wanted to create more, you'd have to spend the requisite uh, the gold to do so. Are the rest of you doing anything else with your day? Um, Cherish, you'd said something about buying groceries? Yeah, like, Cherish is basically, like, gonna... Because she was like... Because Kalkin was like, oh, yeah, I'm, wait wait till I get paid to buy food. And I'm like, I'm just gonna go buy some food with my money. And you can't stop me. Okay. So I'm gonna go to, like, Sasha's general store and buy some... Some foods. Okay. And is that a scene you wanted to play out, or did you just feel like, yeah, you buy groceries? I don't need... I don't need to play it out. I don't know if, like, if that would be like something since i know who sasha is like if that would be nice to do like if you wanted to do that but i don't i don't have to. not necessarily um she is friendly enough she's not yeah. going to necessarily draw out any conversation unless you do yeah just a, like oh hi sasha it's been a while yeah. how are you good, good. right awesome. exactly sid grawl anything you want to accomplish with the day uh sid anything uh, I do have a few things, but um, they might be, um, I don't know, if you want to do something first, I'd be fine with that. Um, ah, Grawl, uh, being a uh, ever-devious individual, um, trying to figure out, uh, yeah, no, no, he's not devious at all, no, <laughs> I, that's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Is there any sort of, like... Like a bookkeeper or like uh like a a bookbinder or anything like that in um in Blue Gulch. 
like a local library at all? Yeah. Um, well, there's not a local library per se, but there is a local uh, printing press, broadsheet, and bookstore. Okay. Uh, I would like to go there, um, and I would like to buy myself just a, just a book. A- any random book? No, like a blank, uh, completely um, empty, oh, okay. empty book. Yeah, all right. Okay. Absolutely. Um, how high quality do you want it to be? Yeah uh how how insane would the price be on like like uh someone looking at a book and going oh damn that's a nice book um i mean you could get something with like gold leaf and like black leather binding and that will probably cost you around a hundred gold that's a little steep for my blood (laughs) um what's a step down from that Step down is non-gold leaf, kind of rough cut edged paper with, you could still do a a leather bound book. Uh, Most of these custom made ones will be leather bound of some kind, and that'll probably run you 50. Done. Uh, How many pages do you want in there? Mm. What's, uh, do they come in increments or is it just uh, upon like specific requests? Increments of 20. Increments of 20? Uh, let's do a nice, let's do a nice 100. Okay, solid. Yeah, so the cost doesn't increase any more than that. Yeah. Is that 50 Anything gold? past 100 and you, yeah, you'd probably have to end up paying a little bit more. Um, I'd like to also pick up some ink and parchment, or not parchment, uh, ink and quills. Okay, um, I don't know what the exact cost of that is right off right. the bat, because that's player's handbook stuff, but yep. you're free to look it up and spend the requisite gold. Okay, cool. Thank you. While you're there, you notice that the the broadsheet that is being published here is called the uh, the Blue Gulch Gazette, and you're <laughs> you come away fairly certain that that paper is uh, maybe not operated, but definitely owned by the mayor. I figured as such. You guys, this fucking dude. <laughs> He's a good guy. Well, Maybe. he's a good undead guy. He's a, he's and, a person. Uh, the, the feature article you see as you're walking through is, like, fun games to play during the uh, the cotillion. And it, like, it's a, basically a, a compilation of party games. Okay. Uh, Wizard Staff. Is Wizard Staff one of them? With Wizard Staff. Uh, pin the tail on the Aurochs. Mm-hmm. Uh, gouge out the Beholder's Eye. It's like a pinata beholder and you have to whack all the eye stalks off before you can actually hit the body old mage's cup yep old mage's cup (laughs) (laughs) what what um cool cool um right on um is that is is there anything else but it's about barbarians is there any (laughs) (laughs) um is there any like news like stuff or is it all just kind of like um how to increase your followers on like whatever social media platform yeah yeah um there's some basic stuff about like goings on around town you can see that the the edition that's coming out today is covering the attack of those nightmares on the center green Mm. and it actually uh talks about the four of you uh how much how much does that cost to pick up one of those or is it a one silver one silver i'm gonna pick that up for a silver, and I'm gonna put it in in my little scrapbook that I'm now keeping. Okay. 
So is that all for you, Grawl, for the day? Um, is there any sort of like handiwork or whatever, like heavy lifting that needs to go on at at the Iron Strike household that I can help with at all? Uh, if you wanted to help Kalkin in the forge, yeah, you could absolutely do that. Yeah, I'm sure she'd love my help. Uh, if you offer it, yep. she'd, she'd more than happy to, like, yeah, an extra set of hands is always useful. Yeah, I can work the bellows or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, and that will actually increase her production time today, like, by a lot. Great, cool. Love to help out. It's going to be a very quiet cool. shift, but I will happily do it. Uh, Calvin will attempt to have some small talk with you. I don't know if Grawl's receptive to that. Uh, depends on the topic. Uh, mostly Cherish. Oh, well, yeah. I could talk about that a little bit. <laughs> just a bit, uh, just a touch. It's nothing huge, mostly just Kalkin wants to know, like, she wants a third-party perspective on just, like, how's Cherish doing? Um, well... Mostly I want to hear what Grawl's opinion on how Cherish is doing. Yeah, same, I don't. I don't want to say she goes down in combat a lot because I feel like that might worry you. Um, so she's always very, very far from danger. Always, never right up in the thick of it. Um, and this is all very much a lie. Um, I just don't want you to worry about her. She's she's doing great. Did you say all of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> out mm-hmm. loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was all in character, my dude. I'm so glad. Yeah. Falcon is a little arrested by that, but at the same time, she is just like, well, yeah, that's adventuring for you. I mean, um, she blew up an igloo with a fire bead. That was pretty cool. There were chunks everywhere. It was awesome. Sure. Totally against my um, plan, but it was fine. Do, do you have the sword with you when you're helping Kalkin? Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's on my back, just because I don't want to have to summon it. Yeah. Um, if it is, she would uh, love to inspect it, because she's um, curious about the, the craft of it. Would go, you let her do that? Go for it. Yeah, I'll put it down on, like, I'm assuming she's got, like, a, a like a work, like, a bench. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just lay it down for her. Uh, when you do, she runs her heavy, thick, gauntleted hands over it and inspects it, and eventually she says, Huh, that's... This is a weird sword. You know that, right? Yeah, it can also be a crossbow. I haven't tried anything else yet, but I, oh, you know, um, well, do you I don't know it? about. I, I, well, I don't know about all of that, but it's just this metal isn't. Well, it's not anything I've ever seen before. <laughs> uh, like. If that gets your motor going, then uh, great. But <laughs> I, I don't know. It's really revving me up. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, it, is it like? Is it a strong metal? Is it a weak metal? Like, like, can she tell me anything about it? Uh, it's like, it's like any sort of like test she can do on it or whatever. Or is it just and, a full blown, just like looking at it and like, yeah, this is a weird sword. Will you let her perform tests on it? Sure. I don't think it's going to do anything. Okay. Um, she breaks sp- it. You can spend the rest of the day testing out the sword with Kalkin if you want. Cool. 
because that will it will quickly dissolve into that. Yeah. Uh, basically, it will dissolve into you and her using different materials she has around the metalworks to try to test the durability of your sword. Cool. And where you eventually land on is the only thing that even makes a scratch in it is these little nails of adamantine that she has. Hmm. Interesting. Everything else she tries, like, she will try to slash edgewise at your greatsword with another, like, iron sword, and the iron sword will just get sliced in half. Whoa! Between calc and strength. And then she'll try again with more tempered steel, and it'll definitely notch the steel sword. Um, so she's doing all these strikes against, like, Am I am I holding it and she's going against it, or is it just like in a vice and she's trying to like? Yeah, she's she's got it in a vice, and okay. she's basically like having you pick out stuff throughout the the ironworks to try to test its durability and the craftsmanship of it. Um, did she ever like pick it up and like wield it or anything like that? Not seriously. Okay. Um, she seems to be very awkward awkward around bladed weapons. Okay. More of a blunt weapon. Person. It's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, cool. She will attempt to strike the flat of the blade with her own hammer mm-hmm. just to like hear the reverberations of it. She's kind of getting information out of it that you can't really decipher, but she basically comes away saying, Yeah, she doesn't know where this metal is from. Hmm. It's she doesn't think it's from here. It's not any kind of metal she's seen before, and she's fairly confident that she's seen most metals. Okay. It's yeah. it's vaguely similar to Mithril, just in terms of how light the sword can be, mm-hmm. but it's unlike any Mithril she's seen before. Interesting. Well, fun. But yeah, that's basically all you get. Yeah, cool. Dope sword. <laughs> yeah. Reinforcing what you already need. That is okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, and then like, like doing that and helping her out is what I'd like to do for the day. Yeah, cool. All right. Sid, you said you had some bits and pieces. Yeah, I've got a couple of things. Um, uh, one, and I don't know if Brawl and I would have gone together, but I would like to look through, look, uh, go to some of the bookstores and try and see if I can find another edition of the Adventures of Horatio Underlight, um, because mine is missing the final. Sure. Um, like I said, there aren't really bookstores in yeah. town. You can find there are stores that might have a book or two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's more of a. Of that, a that could make it an all day task, though. You go rob Just the go orphanage. To bookstores. Don't, what? Go see the, well, I mean, don't rob it, but like, go, yeah, see if the orphanage has a copy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then take I don't it. Don't know if they would um give me a history charisma roll history charisma so that's my charisma modifier and the history skill if you have proficiency in it yes this is is some this is a an alternate rule they have for skill checks which i really enjoy which is blending skill proficiencies with other types of attributes to sort of like this is more about perusing and like charming your way and learning about things. Okay. Charisery. Uh, I got uh fourteen. 
what little searching you do throughout the town, because I, I don't think this takes up your entire day, no. um, you A, you don't find anyone who has a copy of that book, and B, you don't find anyone who's ever heard of that book. Um, to be fair, this isn't exactly the most metropolitan place, and you're not quite sure how, uh, like, children's books is not exactly a, uh, a common yeah. thing that people seem to know about out here. I also never found, and obviously Stormhaven is very large, so there's bound to be bookstores that I haven't found, but in my time living there, I never found anybody who sold it there. Either. Um, so it was Correct. a bit of a long shot. Um, yeah. It was like one of the few like major towns we've been to recently. So yeah. And I'll say this much, and even in Stormhaven, what little research you've done, you haven't found anyone who's ever heard of it either. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was worth checking. Um the other thing I would like to do, um well I have two, but um we'll see what I have time for. Uh I would like to train the storm piercer, um uh, yeah, I'd like to do a little scene with this person. Sure, yeah. Um, where do you go about doing some kind of training? Gosh, I mean, my guess would be the Central Park area. Okay, go to the Center Green. Yeah, the Center Green. Um, do you have I, a tree with your sword? Do you have a tree with my sword? Uh, there's uh, plenty of space there, though it seems as though a lot of the park is being taken over by party goers. Like I said, pavilions are being set up. Yeah. Uh, small encampments by different cliques of people are being erected. There are bandstands. There are party games being set up. You see more than a few cornhole stands being set up. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to try and find the most secluded part of the park. Um, well, we all know where that is. <laughs> okay. The second most secondary part of the park. It's the secondary gazebo, in case the first oh, gazebo that, falls. Well, there's a lot of gazebos. Um, oh, true. Oh, Mayor, Mayor, it's fine. I'm not going to check out your weird, creepy memorial. I'm just going to go practice sword I'm just, fighting. I'm just going to practice sword fighting in your in your mausoleum gazebo. Um, gazebo. 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 Oh, I like the gazoleum. So, give me an investigation roll. Okay. 18. Nice. Right. Yeah, you find a uh, decently secluded part. It's it's closer to the center of the park, but it's not necessarily right on top of the memorial. Um, you can definitely see partiers off in the distance, but they're not actively on top of you. That's fine. Um, you, you might attract attention if you do anything too outrageous. Yeah. Um, and I... So I, I'm going through sort of general forms that um, Cesario taught me, um, just general, you know, movement. And, mm -hmm. and got a, you've got a kata. I've got a kata, exactly. Um, and then partway through, Sid just stops and he's like, Stormpiercer. So when I was fighting those, like, fire horses... Mm -hmm. It kind of like the way they they flanked around me and like yep. both hit me at the same time. I felt like there was nothing I could do about that. 
They were very cunning steeds. Yeah. I wish there was something... Something I could do about that. You know? Would you like my recommendation? Yeah. Don't get flanked by horses. Well, okay. Now you say that. But they can... They can... Well, not teleport, but the other thing. Travel to the... You misunderstand, Sid. Yes. During the fight... You abandoned your friends, yeah. leaving yourself exposed to be surrounded by horses. Yes, but every time I stabbed one of them, they died and exploded and hurt my friends. This is true. You did not explore any alternative methods of defeating your foes. You simply attempted to stab. And while I do appreciate a good stabbing, it is not always the best solution. And I'm a sword saying that. <laughs> so it means something. Point taken. Ha <laughs> Indeed. Mm -hmm. um, so should I have tried to be friends? With the oh horses? no, I'm they confused. were evil. Okay. Okay. But if not stabbed, then what do? <laughs> I have one thing. I do not know, Sid. I am only a sword. Hey man, romance option. Hmm. I guess what I was getting at is I I do really well against foes when I'm one on one. Indeed. But if there's more of them, I kinda wish I had a little bit more oomph. You know? I do not know what an oomph is. Okay. Uh a little bit more Fi not firepower, because that's cherish. Ah, gosh, I don't know. I'm... Yeah. You seek to increase your effectiveness in combat. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how to do that without Cesario here. This is why you train. This is also why you have friends. Your right. skills are great, but you must learn to complement them with those of your allies. Fighting side by side with Brawl has been thrilling. His yeah, wide, we... callous sweeps <laughs> do well when they're paired with our quick daringness. Yeah. He swings high, and we stab everywhere else. <laughs> Good point. Point. Yes, I am a good point. <laughs> I hate and love this conversation at the same time. I also know that uh, Cherish is good at like, or not Cherish, sorry, Tears is good at blocking attacks when standing near her. That's a I should keep that in mind too. Indeed, the shield <sighs> seems wider when she stands next to one of us. Yeah, it's made of meat. Alright. I'll, I'll consider that, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, I continue with form. Okay. Uh, yeah, and you're constantly thinking back to those those moments where it seemed as though there was more power within Stormpiercer. And maybe Stormpiercer's thinking about the same thing. It's tough to read what a sword's thinking about. Yeah. But 
You remember the last trial and that crackling electricity that became a part of you for half a second? Mm -hmm. You remember closing the first realm scar, almost feeling some kind of strange ethereal energy flowing through you from some other source, and you feel as though there is still yet something to be untapped, but Stormpiercer may not be the best source where this stuff is concerned. Hmm. In terms of understanding that untapped potential. Right. And I don't even know who... I mean, Sid wouldn't even know who to, who to talk to about that. Because it's, it's like hard for him to put into words what it actually is. You know? Right. Yeah. You know. Okay. Um, Give so me an intelligence roll real quick. Oh, I'm real good at those. I know. Um, <laughs> oh. So, minus one, 17. Ooh. The only thing that occurs to you, I mean, obviously, the person you'd want to ask isn't around anymore. Right. But you do, at this moment, have access to one of her best friends. That's true. And that so. actually brings me to the third thing I wanted to do, which is talk to Talkin. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, a little later in the day, maybe closing in towards the evening, you find your way back to the Iron Strike Metalworks, and it is there you find Grawl and Kalkin standing to either side of his greatsword in a big vice, and they both have swords made of different materials, and they hack at the edge up side of Grawl's sword, and his sword just seems to bite into these other weapons. And then they throw them to the side, and you see this big pile of other weapons that have been just, like, notched or sliced in half, and they've clearly been at this for a while. And Kalkin will say, okay, okay, so, the tempered iron, it only doesn't get completely through, whereas the, the un, like, worked iron will just slice it like butter. Hey, guys. Girl and Kalkin start a YouTube channel. Will it break? <laughs> Will it break? I, I think you guys are training wrong. I don't mean to interrupt, but this is not... I don't think that's going to work very well. Training? Sorry. What are we oh. talking about? Training? We're not, we're not training. Well, generally, when you when you fight a target, it's not a stationary sword attached I, to a table. Remember way back when I said we weren't training? Yeah. <laughs> not training. I've, right. I've literally already forgotten. Yeah, so we're taking swords... And hitting my sword with it because they're breaking like all of them. It's really, really cool. Here, come here, come here, come here, come here. We're testing the durability of Grawl's sword. And honestly, I, I don't know if there's an upper limit to this. Hey, hey, Sid, I have an idea. Sid, I have an idea. Come here, yeah. come here, come here. Oh, Stormpiercer. Stormpiercer. Yes, I don't like where this is going, but go on. I, I know, I know. Anyways, um, would you be so kind? Uh, we are doing this for science and not entertainment. Wink. <laughs> Cal comes in the background going, um, I don't know about this. Anyways, um... Would you be so kind as to um just just give it a give it a whack? Just I you know. Well Stormpiercer's not really a whacking sword. Give it a poke. Give it a poke. Just right in there. Just give it a poke. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like how he said that. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I don't think anyone does, John Piercer. Uh, Reed didn't like how Grawl said that. <laughs> okay. Sure. I draw Storm Piercer and I say, um, we can vanquish any foe. And not a, I, again, not, not a foe. Not a foe. This is for science. I don't know about this, Sid. Do you think you would break Storm Piercer? I don't, I don't know. And Kalkan will say, um, I don't know about this. I, that sword you're holding, Sid, is the single greatest sword I have ever forged. I would really like it not to break. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't want to do it, it's okay. And Stormpiercer will say, I am your sword, Sid. I will follow your lead. Eh. I, I put Stormpiercer away. Not worth the risk. Calc on a little aside and say, like, look, I mean, Stormpiercer is adamantine, so honestly, I'm not quite sure which way that would have gone, but... And, Sid, that is maybe news to you. Yeah, do I even... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known what the sword was even made out of metal. <laughs> hmm. When you, Calcum, when you made the sword, did it yeah. have like, like it does a lot of cool magic things. Yeah, that's a kind of new. Yeah, there, there was nothing. When you made it, was there like, like a crow landed on your shoulder and cod and lightning struck and an earthquake. Uh, opened up underneath the forge as you're like there's no that, omens or anything is, is that how Sid thinks magic works? Yeah. Yes! Crow yeah. lands on you and Zeppelin started playing yeah and Calkin says um no <laughs> okay not here at least but maybe somewhere I mean probably <laughs> Hmm. I'm just trying to figure out why it's so it's such a special sword. I, I, it's it's a forge bonded item, Sid. I don't know what to tell you. They they become magical when the forge bond happens. Okay. So I mean, she that... she says, and she like grabs the goggles that are around her neck and says, like, I mean, take these. You could these are like a dime a dozen over in the mines, but. These are my forge bond item. I mean, they're inherently better because of that. Yeah, I, I guess I never really, I never really figured out what forge bonded items were. I, it's just something I kind of took for granted. I mean, everyone does. It's it's just the way of the world. Yeah, and nobody knows. I guess not even the old mage said anything about it. No, I mean. I don't know. Yeah, I'm completely the wrong person to ask about this. Netta was always the one learning with the books and taking notes and stuff. I don't know. You I just, should ask her, Sid. I just don't want... Is Tirza here? No, I'm sorry. That was Olivia. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, I don't know if I like Netta. She's kind of... Yeah, she's, a, she, she's an acquired taste. That's true. Yeah, 
Yeah, we didn't have a great... Actually, so the first episode was when I first met Nessa, is that correct? Um, at least the first, like, major impression. You, you'd... If, if Sid had met her before, he had been very, very, very young. And wouldn't have remembered. Okay. And wouldn't remember, yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Um, yeah, she didn't, like, make a great first impression. The reason you recognized her is because your mother has had a portrait of her and her friends. Huh. Spring break. <laughs> and that is uh, yet another thing that disappeared with your mother's estate. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is, I assume, uh, are you and Grawl done with your, your I mean, yeah, I'm like, I mean, We've we've tested basically Fine. everything, unless yeah, unless you wanted to try out the Stormpiercer thing. Uh, I'm good. Uh, but if you have another adamantine weapon, that you know, I don't know if you do. No, I, no. <laughs> a, a whole a whole a whole weapon. Yes, Sid, adamantine's um, pretty rare. Okay. I mean, any of it that's really left in the valley is up on the far north end of the drylands, and you'd be not a smart person to try to get it. I should show you oh. sometime, Sid. It's really nice. It's really nice? Yeah, very homey. Lots of blood. Uh, yeah, there's... I mean, between the Hobgoblins and Pyre Scale, it's not exactly a, a, a homey place. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I was like thinking... Well, well how did you get the medal for, for Stormpiercer, then? Well, look, I mean, there's ways of getting Adamantine, and <laughs> if Angela wants an Adamantine sword, I'm gonna get enough Adamantine to make Angela an Adamantine sword. How much? Hmm. What if I wanted to make another Adamantine sword? Then you'd need to find a lot of raw Adamantine. And that would have to be up, up in the... Uh... I mean, look, again, there's ways of finding it. There are people who mine it all over the valley. It's just really rare these days. Hmm. I've got some adamantine here, but it's mostly like, and she'll pull up like a nail out of her pocket, and it's maybe like two inches long, and she's like, something like this. Gotcha. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's kind of hoping. Yeah, no, I mean, Stormpiercer is a special sword. You don't go making... Mostly, adamantine's a very hard metal. It's really difficult to break. Stormpiercer's a rapier. That's a... It's inherently a flexible weapon. Right, and I try and, like, bend Stormpiercer. And it does. And he goes, Duh. It snaps and breaks. The game's over. <laughs> um... But uh, Calcon will say, so that if he was pure adamantine, he shouldn't be able to do that. But that blade is an alloy. It's mostly adamantine, but there's also a little bit of something else in there. Love. Oh, Stormpiercer, you didn't tell me you were a mutt. I did not know. (laughs) I was not conscious during my fortune. Mm. Weren't we all? <laughs> or not? It's just an awkward pause. <laughs> and Calcon will finally say, "Yeah, the other thing was some metal that Angela gave me." I, and then she starts getting like 
awkwardly silent as she stares at you, just kind of with a blank, slowly blinking look, and she says, uh, I, um, yeah, she got it from, uh, uh, and she just starts stammering and staring at you and, like, awkwardly, just like, Ooh, look at this mess we made here, Grawl. Better start uh, cleaning this up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I can get it if you want to keep talking to. No, no. I mean, I gotta gotta start uh, cleaning all this up. Whew, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. What, what were you, what were you saying? Ah. Uh, this is very a very nice sword. Um, gotta got clean the, this up. You got the metal from from where exactly? I mean, we we don't. Um. Gonna need a persuasion roll. Okay. Uh, nineteen. Oh fuck! Damn, said he's gonna learn about something. I just, I, I love it when Mike goes, "Oh fuck." <laughs> will sort of stop with an armful of notched and broken weapons and let it a long sigh and say. Um, she probably got it from your dad. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't... Yeah. So you... You knew him? Well... Well, yeah. Didn't... What did... Did she not... Sid, Sid, what do you know about your... Uh Uh-oh. And, like, she'll just drop (laughs) all of the weapons she's carrying. (laughs) Kind of freeze. (laughs) At that moment, Cherish comes out and she's like, Okay, who's ready for dinner? (laughs) Uh, Calkin, you, you you drop these. I'll I'll just grab them. <laughs> what do you mean? And Calkin's just kind of frozen, like with a almost panicked look on her face. Did something happen? Are you guys okay? Um. Ah. <laughs> uh, um. What what what's for dinner, Cherish? Um, I'm so happy you bought groceries. Thank you so much. Are you uh, all right? I'm fine, and you can see, like, sweat just pouring down her face. Yeah, I was just asking her about my dad. <laughs> yeah, who is... Did you who know is... that she no, knew actually, my dad? I, what do, I don't... Mm, no, I don't think I do. I know there's a guy she doesn't like to talk about, but I don't know if that's his dad. Um, I think you would know. I mean, she's said as much. Oh, she has? Yeah. yeah. Or at least uh, she has alluded to it. I don't know if you necessarily drew the connection. Cherish is smart. Cherish yeah. probably figured it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, do you not know your dad? Like, personally, no. No, no, no. And uh, she didn't really mention him uh, other than I asked, well, so when I was younger, you know, obviously most people have more than one parent, so I would ask, like, why, you know, where's my other parent? Uh, and she just say, uh, you don't have one. Uh, oh, that's... Yeah. It's not yeah. how that works. And then I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. 
you know, that doesn't make any sense. And, and, and she just refused to talk about it. And she refused to talk about it. And then finally, she said that he is probably still alive somewhere. And that is the most I was ever able, able to get out of her. And Kalkin is just this blotchy, horrible red color. Her face kind of just going from green to red to this, like, really... She has so much blood in her face right now as she's just staring with a panic towards the middle distance. And honestly, you know, I got used to not having a dad. And after, like, everything went down and, like, he didn't come to to you know whatever like i figured i didn't fucking need him so cherish, I... cherish is incensed because <laughs> she probably just assumed that he was dead too and so she's like your mother was sick and he didn't yeah yeah he... I, yeah no yeah trust me i had a lot of issues about that for a long time uh I don't even know if I want to know about him other than I want to go and punch him in the face. But, um, you know, maybe he had his reasons. I don't know. Uh, it seems like our parents have a lot of weird things happen to them. So maybe he's in a fucking alternate dimension. Um, yeah, I mean, he could just be in prison. He might be a, just a terrible, terrible person. I mean, that's very possible. Mm -hmm. It's very, very possible. How can I just silent through all of this? I mean, I'm pretty sure of one thing. I'm pretty sure he's an elf. But that's what I got. Mom. I I'm sorry, honey. I just... Angela literally told him nothing, and this is really awkward. I mean, she didn't talk about a lot of things. Yeah, um... Sid, I'm sorry. I just don't know if it's my place to. Oh, gods. Um. Um. I will try to answer any questions you have, Sid. I really, really will. But I don't know how much of this is for me to say. But I guess Angela's not really around to say it, so. I mean, I don't think Netta is a better choice at this point. No. No, and that makes just Kalkin just get an even more panicked look on her face, and she'll say, nope, no, she's really not. Okay. God, I love Kalkin so much. I mean, I was mostly curious. I mean, originally I was wanting to ask you about sort of like because you guys traveled together and, and stuff um, yeah so I was wondering you know I originally just wanted to hear about some of your guys adventures um, oh um yeah I didn't know that you knew my dad too so I guess <laughs> I figured but um I mean that I guess that sort of goes hand in hand a little bit um because he, he 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 was sort of there the, the whole time as well. Oh, so he traveled with you guys? Uh, yeah. Whoa. Wow. Huh. 
I mean, that's the, that's how they met, anyway. His uh, adventuring. That, 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 yeah. Hmm. That's how we all met, honestly. Yeah. You all. Yeah. Out going on adventures and stuff. Well, well, there was there was there was a first big one, and, and then it just sort of you know we we gelled. It, it seemed like a good fit. We just kept doing stuff together. Yeah, another feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like the most painfully awkward conversation you've ever had. Is there a reason why you don't want to talk about this? I, it's, it's not that I don't want to, it's just that I'm really taken aback by the fact that Angela never told you any of this, and I don't know if she would want me to tell you any of this, but... (sighs) I mean, maybe if she didn't tell me, maybe she didn't want me to know. You were so young when she... I mean, she must have at some point wanted... And she'll finally look at you, Sid. She's sort of been avoiding your eye contact this whole time, and she'll give you this pleading look of just like, I don't know what your mom wanted. I... (sighs) She didn't leave anything written down. She was just gone one day, and... I was just, and then you disappeared by the time I found out, and it she seems really to be suddenly. like, yeah. Cherish goes and puts a, a hand on Calvin's arm. I, Sid, I wish I could have been there for you. I really, really, I wish I had been there when she She wasn't there to tell you any of this. And she'll steal herself and kind of like settle her face a little bit and square her shoulders and tighten her. Tighten one of her hands into a fist and the other one will reach up and like tug nervously at the goggles around her neck. She'll say. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Because um, Angela's not here too. Uh, what? What was the? What was the thing that brought you guys together? What you said it was a big thing. What was it? And she'll say, "We um, well, Angela, and." me met out here in the in the dry lands um met netta along the way and your dad eventually as well um we were well and she'll look awkwardly over at grawl we came to stop a hobgoblin army from taking over the valley 
Grawl's cool with this. Grawl already knows. <laughs> so, like, what does your expression look like when she looks awkwardly over at you when she totally says this? Oh, I... Uh, well, if she's looking, like, awkwardly over at me, I'm just gonna, uh, I'll just say, like, oh, I know. Oh, good. Yeah. No, no, this is not news to me. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Don't even worry about it. I'm, uh... uh all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, there, there, there was a warlord who was putting mm -hmm. a, a big army together mm -hmm. to, uh, basically take over the valley, and... Angela figured that if uh, we, we knock out the warlord, that's kind of the linchpin holding everything together. Honestly, it's a really good plan. Yeah. <laughs> totally I mean, Angela, Angela was always the brains of the operation. She, uh, she always had some new job for us, something that was going to protect the valley, save people, help everyone. She always seemed to know where to go. Hmm. To do the most good. Um, why did you guys stop adventuring together? Oh. Well, um... I mean, honestly, Sid, you're sort of part of that. Um, I mean, when a Angela and your dad, well, it looked like they were having a kid, you, and I don't know, that kind of puts the kibosh on things. I mean, Netta was already gone at that point she was or she said she would was just going to be gone for a little while but a little while turned into a while turned into a long while and suddenly we were almost a whole year without her and and then we got word of you and that sort of you know made everyone sort of reconsider their place in the world or at least Angela's me, I, 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 I swing, I swing a hammer. That's what I do. Just turned out I was good at making stuff with swinging, as well as breaking stuff. So I settled here. Um, your, your mom and papa, they headed back to the city and. At a certain point, uh, yeah, it just sort of fell apart there. Do you know where I can find him? If I had to take a wild guess, mm -hmm. I would say Fair Ames here. That's where he was from. Okay. 
do you have any idea if he is still around? I haven't talked with him in decades. Last time I spoke with him, you weren't even born yet. So, for all I know, I mean, elves tend to stick around unless somebody puts a knife in them. So, knowing your dad, I think odds on that are an even 50-50, so I don't know. What was his name? I mean... You sort of already know it. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. Mm. I mean, she named him after. She named you after him. Okay. Okay. His name is Lucidian Lydon. We always just called him Sid. Um, or Sidian if we were in town. Huh. You know, I didn't used to believe in fate, but uh, last five or six years have really, really proven me super duper wrong. <laughs> and I think it is on that note that we are going to take our break. <laughs> And when we return, I think we will finish this conversation that is oh so revealing. Oh boy. <laughs> Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to show off a very fine magical item I have for sale. It is the Fang of Strahd. This small tooth from the mouth of a living vampire is said to have come from the devil Strahd himself, and it can... Why are you looking at me like that? Oh, Strahd? Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a reason they call him the devil Strahd. Really bad dude. Vampire lord, used to rule over this place called Barovia, had this big castle called Ravenloft. Real spooky stuff. Anyway, I don't think he exists anymore after, you know, what happened to the Shadowfell. <laughs> Real bad stuff. But anyway, this item, it, it's a fang, and whether or not it actually comes from Strahd himself, honestly, I kind of doubt it. But if it does, well, maybe don't go showing it off to other vampires, because it is really cool. While holding this tooth, once per day, you may do one of the following things as an action. You can turn yourself into a swarm of bats for one hour. You can summon 1d10 direwolves, however many that is. You can cast a dominate person as a spell. You can cast gaseous form on yourself. Or you can use the tooth to conjure a sunblade for one hour. A sunblade is a really cool longsword. It goes vroom vroom, has, does radiant damage when it hits things. It's, it's very cool. Legally distinct from any other laser sword you might know of. 
Anyway, that is what this fang can do. A very versatile and powerful item. And if it did in fact come from Strahd, well, <laughs> let's just say, that guy is going to be missing this a lot more in the near future. But, like I said, I kind of doubt he even exists anymore, because, you know, with the whole shadow fell not really existing... Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. You don't want to hear all of this. Let's just get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, some revelations were had about Sid's past, his present, and possibly his future, mostly concerning the whereabouts, name, and identity of his father. Yep. General all-around good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Kalkan stands awkwardly in front of you, still resolute in divulging any information you may want, but there's a stricken quality to Sid, I think, at this point, in terms of after the name is sort of dropped. Why don't, why don't we get set up for dinner? I'm, I'm, probably use some food. I'm very hungry. Yeah, I guess I am hungry. Huh. I'm noticing now. Tears, that's about this time that you come wandering back. I, I was actually going to say, if you guys go in, Tears has definitely walked up to the stove, which has been, I'm assuming, left on, and, like, <laughs> things are still happening. So she's just, like, idly uh, stirring a pot somewhere, and is like, okay, guys, what's going on? Making um, sure the stew is set down to simmer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like, why don't you guys set up the forge like we had it last night and I'll go, Tears and I will get stuff, we'll bring stuff out and uh, yeah please yeah, sounds sounds good and he, yeah, Sid kind of shuffles out the door oh, I thought we were still in the forge yeah, yeah this was all this we was all happening yeah, yeah. Oh. it's all happening in the semi-outside of the forge uh, so yeah, start putting stuff together, I guess. Yeah. Um, same setup as last night, like a, an impromptu table is made out of a couple of uh, workbenches, and the, the anvil itself is used as a chair, and um, like slapdash put together, but still functional. Um, throughout this setup, Kalkin keeps shooting glances up at you, Sid, with more worry and concern though over what precisely you're not sure. Right. But you can read her expression fairly easily, and eventually, once you finish kind of setting up the table, and before food is being brought out, she'll say, I, I'm, I'm sorry if... I'm sorry if that upset you. I, I wasn't quite sure how you were going to take that after everything you said about not, not, not knowing your dad and not needing them. And, I mean, I, I still don't feel like I need him, but I guess it's probably a good idea to know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
honestly, Sid, I, I don't, I don't precisely know how things ended with your folks. All, all I know is he left one day and didn't come back. Your mom didn't really want to talk about it all that much. Not that I pried too hard, mind you. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm not... One day, he was just gone. and The only two words Angela really said about it were good riddance. Yeah. The only reason why I would really want to know his name, maybe even what he looks like or where to find him, I don't know. I don't know what I would do, but I'm curious to find out. Yeah, look, I don't blame you. Your dad, he could... Well, to be honest, he could be kind of a dick sometimes, but I never figured him for the kind of guy who would up and leave his his wife and child. And, yeah, when Kalkin says wife, even that sort of surprises you a little bit. Yeah, no, it's... You were never under the impression that they had any sort of formal arrangement. Yeah, it's just, I think he's just processing a little bit, like... And your mom definitely didn't wear, like, a wedding band or anything. Yeah, and there was, like, as far as I can remember, no... Like, nothing was left in the house to remind her of him, or maybe it was and I didn't know, but... As far as you know, no. Yeah. God, it just seems really weird that she wouldn't even mention it. You know what I mean? It seems really strange. How old were you when she... Uh, when she left us? Ten-ish. I don't... I don't mean to be rude about this, Sid, but you were still a little kid. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm sure she would have told you all this eventually. Yeah. This is Angela we're talking about. She's... She's the straightest shooter I know. I mean, she wouldn't... I'm sure she planned on telling you all this. I'm sure. You know, the real reason I wanted to talk to you is actually I wanted to hear some stories, you know, about you guys traveling together. Then, you know, the whole thing about my dad popped up. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could still tell you any stories you want to hear. Yeah? Yeah. What was the most fun adventure you guys went on? Mm. What if you ride a giant flying lizard? <laughs> uh... I mean, okay, well, there was this one time. Okay. <laughs> I think this is probably the point where... As, yeah, dinner starts coming out. Uh -huh. um, um, speaking of which, uh, I mean, Olivia just texted me a very good point that I was thinking about. Um, when Cherish discreetly leaves to go get food... God. 
Oh God! I don't know. I don't know what I, she says to Tirza. Be, like, because this know. is because this is an audio podcast. Yeah, uh, I I texted Elliot asking like, is Cherish gonna talk to Tirza about this, or are you just gonna let me like walk into this emotional minefields? But whatever, I we'll mean, find out. I guess. I mean, would you know that there's something there? Like, no, but I assume when I come in and it's awkward, I'd... Well, I was saying for, like, for Cherish, like... Like, would, I think Would Cherish know that it's maybe a hot-button issue for Tirza? Well, sh- no, no, I, but I like... mean, I mean for you guys. Yeah, what does Cherish say to Tirza as soon as you walk inside, like, away I, from Sid and Calvin? I think the thing is, is, like, Cherish comes in the door and starts getting stuff together, and she's, like, kind of frazzled, um, and she's, like, not exactly trying to hide it, um, and okay. She, yeah, I would like, definitely ask what was wrong yeah, in that situation. Okay. okay. Um, cool. Uh, and you definitely feel a wave of concern coming from Sadagar. Sid asked Kalkin about his dad, and... Oh. It's just, like, it's a... Right, you know... With us, the dads, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how Grawl feels about his dad, and I don't know if you know yours, but I don't know. Um, Starshear don't really have dads. It's not, it's not a thing. But I suppose I can imagine the sentiment. He just... He, I, he left when Sid was really young. and Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kn- I know a little bit about our parents just from or our the other group. Just you know, Nada's Nada's has told me things. My mom. <laughs> Captain Mom is just my boss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I knew that he, and I mean, obviously, Sid, Sid was alone when we met him, but. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know where the conversation's gone in the last um, 15 seconds or so, but uh, <laughs> just be cool, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. Just know that that's happening, just know that that's happening, I guess. Is, is he, is he okay? Okay, and I'll push through the doors and go outside. Stew's on! (laughs) As you're bringing out food, Kalkin is getting into this story about the time that their group had come across a a wyvern out in the Eastwood. who were going on the road from Enclave and helping out the local Bark Watch with caravans that were disappearing in the woods. And eventually they discovered that a wyvern was actually grabbing the whole wagons of things and carrying it off to a nest out in the Eastwood. And they tracked the creature out there uh, and eventually, and they were able to track it by finding like discarded stuff up in tree branches. 
and apparently, uh, and this is the first time any of you have heard uh, great mention of Sid's father, but Cherish, this is especially notable for you because this is the first time that whenever you've heard Kalkin tell stories of these kinds, there's always notable gaps in them where mentions of Sid's dad would be. But for once, this sounds like a complete story. Because I've probably yeah. heard the Wyvern story before. Oh, absolutely. But what was left out was the bit where uh, Lucidian found the trail of this creature via discarded uh, garments that were up in the tops of trees. Specifically a trail of underwear that was being shipped from Fair Aimseer to Stormhaven. <laughs> huh. Nice. Guess you missed the panty raid. <laughs> and yes, Cherish, you know the ending of this story where your mom somehow ended up on the top of this wyvern when it took off from its nest, and the other members of the group had to follow the wyvern on the ground while Kalkin was riding it up in the sky, trying to steer it. And the best way she knew how was to grab its wings and steer it straight down by <laughs> that's what i wanted to do should, should have had a grappling hook honestly yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. and i'm like as she's saying that i'm like looking at cherish and i'm like pointing it like that's what i did i know i, <laughs> I know. did that holy crap And she was like, yeah, and you gotta be real careful for the tail on wyverns, because they're these big stingy fuckers, and they'll just get poisoned all up in your business. I don't remember... I wonder if what I rode was a, was a wyvern. It seemed like it was a bit smaller than what you guys were. Big, uh, like, dragony head, big, nasty, gnarly teeth, kind of a long, pointy tail with a stinger on the end. I don't think it had a tail. Yeah, I don't remember. It was more it was, like a bird. It was, was it more like a... But like, like a... But like a a, a leathery kind of bird. Interesting. Like a bat-winged bird, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. There's lots of weird stuff out there. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, but yeah, if really? you want, over the course of dinner, um, Kalkin will regale you with tales of their adventures. Yeah. Uh, the old guard, as it were. Um you don't know if the the group ever officially had like any kind of moniker or name. Um Calkin only ever calls them like her team, her group. Mm -hmm. Um <gasps> the They're the A team. They're the A team. The whole team. <gasps> oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> oh. oh no, we're like no, we're, we're still Yeah, I like, know. We're still <laughs> The fucking age team. <laughs> but yeah, she, like the old guard is definitely what she'll call them more than once. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she has got all sorts of stories, and they led a very. There was a a solid five years where they were adventuring together, and it was. I mean, Calcon is clearly looking back on it as some of the best years of her life. Yeah. Yeah, and Sid is just eating, eating all of it up. Speaking of which, oh right, uh, yes, food. we have a nice, we have a, a stew, <laughs> uh, which, you know, those are easy to make. You just throw things in the broth. Mm. It's not that hard. Um, <laughs> which is why it, it 
Cherish managed to make something that tastes all right. <laughs> um, Actually, let's see. Then, Give me a performance check. Damn it. <laughs> I had to open my big <laughs> I will say... Okay, well, that's like a t- fucking 21 or some shit. It's a 19 Ooh, plus 3. That's two I ever had. Two. I was going to say it's uh, probably a wisdom performance check because uh like survival or this I would not call this a charisma based skill. Uh Okay, well then it's a 19 plus 1. Okay. Still, yeah, very very good. Yeah. Wait, so okay, actually tell me how that would work. So, cuz I got a 19 so it doesn't fucking matter anyway, but like so if it's if it's a wisdom charisma if it's a wisdom, wisdom performance? performance. So, so, do you have proficiency in performance? I do not. Okay, so you would not add your proficiency bonus, you would just add your wisdom modifier. Straight wisdom. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it is a dirty point. Alright, so yeah, so. still very good, very good stew. Yeah, and I got some fresh, some fresh baked bread on my way home. Nice. A nice sourdough. Ooh. But yeah, um, I would say all of you except for maybe Grawl, are getting stories you've never heard before about your respective parents. Um, Cherish, you've probably heard most of these, but there's at least one or two, especially later in the evening, if Kalkin, like gets into her cups a little bit, that are like some of the more yeah. risque stories. Something yeah. involving a succubus or an incubus. Ooh. Um, or both. Possibly both. Apparently they can choose. It's sort of like whatever the situation calls for. Nice. They're just sexy. Yeah, they're Straight just sexy raw, guys. raw demon sexy. Um, <laughs> life goals, am I right? Cherish life is goals? just like if life goals? after life goals or after life. life? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> this is bad. This is yeah. this is nothing. It's but, nothing. I'm sorry. The big takeaway for <laughs> each of you is that there are aspects of your respective parental figures that you weren't aware of. Sid, you're learning that your that Angela was definitely the leader of the group. She was the brains of the operation. Oh. Lucidian was the charmer. He was the, the dashing swordsman, but he was also their magic expert. Oh. He knew the most about the ins and outs of the arcane. Netta was, weirdly enough, the scholar of the bunch. Yeah, you've hinted at that before, which I love. And, like, that's definitely not something that you would have taken away growing up around her. Nope. It's like, she's definitely more like the militant survivalist that is sort of the the practical example that all other Jarashir can point to of the, like, yep, that, that person will survive the apocalypse. But the the person Kalkin is describing is this sort of shy, uh, uncertain, honestly bookworm, who is, like, more concerned with learning the ins and outs of the world than upholding the Jarashir tenets. Me, crying at the table. (laughs) Stew's really good. It doesn't mean so. This is the the best stew I've ever had. (laughs) And... (laughs) <laughs> From the stories you're hearing, Cherish, Kalkin was maybe not the most even-keeled person in her youth. She huh. talks about uh, 
Whereas now she's perfect. Yeah. Always in control. Well, it's just like, as, as, as long as you've known Calvin, she's done everything in her power to maintain some, like, very, very modest control over her life and your existence and her business. She's always been about being independent, always been about being exacting in her control of her surroundings. But the Kalkin being described in these stories, at least a little bit, because obviously she might be flavoring this a little in uh, to dampen some of these stories, but especially later in the evening, she'll be talking about like, She'll like have moments where she'll look into the middle distance when she's talking about kind of losing control of her anger. I just I ripped a dude's head off once. Just, With like, my mouth. Clean from his body. <laughs> I spit down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I shook him like a pinata from his ankles. <laughs> like a sprinkler. <laughs> I don't remember. I was probably fucked up. But it was crazy <laughs> back then. <laughs> I'll call it. <laughs> I'm glad that Rico. <laughs> uh, if we want to get into it mechanically, what you all learn is that Kalkan is or was a barbarian of some kind. Cool. Netta is a cleric. Uh, the city in Lydon was an eldritch knight, fighter. Cool. Oh. And Angela was definitely a rogue. What was their pet dog, uh, 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 Graldo? <laughs> I can't wait to meet the rest of, of Grawl's family, because so far we have the evil brother Gralso and their dog Gralso. <laughs> Who else is in this Brady bunch of hobgoblins? I'm curious. Grom, <laughs> Grom and Grad. Grom and Grad. Grawlpa. Grawlpa. Grawlsha, Grawlsha, Grawlsha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's a story about Hobgoblin's family. <laughs> they wage oh, war. Oh, man. oh my god, I'm gonna die. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <sighs> Ooh, I'm extra sweaty now. Ooh, that was funny. But yeah, the... Other than that, unless there's any other pressing questions you have for Kalkin over the course of her storytelling, um, as she said, Sid, she's willing to tell you whatever you want to know. If you don't ask for specifics, though, she mostly just regales you with tales of their adventures. I think, at least tonight, Sid doesn't want to, like, like, he's, he's all in on the story, like, the adventure stories, and Hearing about how great his mom is, and he doesn't really want to go in and talk to her about his dad. Sure. Yeah, and Kalkin speaks the world of Angela. Yeah. Like, Angela was the next best thing to a god to Kalkin. Huh. Like, in, in Kalkin's eyes, Angela could do no wrong. Yeah. She was always the one to come up with the clever plan to get them out of some wacky scenario she was always the one to know where they needed to go to do the most good out in the world she was she was always the person who took charge of the situation 
to just like thinking about like sort of our adventures and like, huh, I guess that's not not my strong suit. I was gonna say, I think that's the thing that Tirza notices mostly about the stories, and I think because Neta is probably not, or is not the warmest person in the world, I think the thing that Tirza nope. pulls from it is, like, these people all really cared about each, like, Kalkin really cared about everybody in the group, and they were all like a team in a way that we sometimes don't always feel like a team. Yeah. I think that's probably what Tirza takes away from it. My one question is what does Grawl take away from all of this? You're not personally connected to any of these people, so you you're perhaps less enthralled by these stories. Yeah. Um, but they're Grawl. still stories of high adventure, so I'd I'd be curious about what Grawl's thoughts on all of these things are. Grawl hasn't thought about it a ton about the fact that uh their like parents and party members were the ones who like killed the warlord. Um, but what like like he doesn't want to think about it because it's um. Not like he doesn't want to put the blame on his friends, um, because that's not fair to them. They didn't do it, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of like a point of contention in his brain. Um, so he doesn't want to think about it too much. But now he's thinking about, wait, how did they get in? What was the plan? How did they? I have so many questions. You have like tactical questions about how yes. they finally defeated Grand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you, but that you, is like... Do you ask any of those questions? I feel like that's, like, a question to ask at a different time. This is... I... Because cause it would devolve into, like, Grawl wanting to know exactly, like, how to get <laughs> in, where their entry point was, where their exit point was, and, and like, how they went about doing it. Um, and hmm. Yes, I yes, don't know if stories I can... about your father, but also... Where are the entry points? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you guys... Uh, let, let's just circle back for a minute on how you guys <laughs> murked this one warlord. I, and I, I, I'd like to continue this other story in a bit, but again, the warlord. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that's a like a conversation to be had uh, when Kalkin is a bit more clear-minded and willing to talk shop like that and not like... I, I want everyone to kind of like revel in the the badassery that was their team and that i think interrupt that all right fair enough well then the the dinner passes in that fashion um and deeper into the night you can hear sounds of increasing revelry out in blue gulch the the town is coming alive with sights and sounds of extreme partying Though something that you constantly have to keep reminding yourself is that this is all pre-game. Mm-hmm. The real party starts tomorrow. Oh, we're in the end game. So. You find what rest you can that evening? Um, 
Unless. 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 Um, Olivia, what did you have? No, I, it's just that I guessed, I think, what you are about to say. Oh, okay. Uh, we or are, I was going we, to suggest it. Yeah, we are hella drift compatible, so. Um, Nerds. Basically. Um, uh, Cherish is, like, sitting in bed, and all this talk about bad dads. She's kind of been uh, putting, like, kind of compartmentalizing what happened a few days ago, but is basically taking Maz up on her I'm here for you thing. Okay. I think, and basically what she says is... Throughout the evening, one thing you would notice is that Maz was pointedly silent. Yeah. Stormpiercer would occasionally interject with like, Ah, yes, indeed, that was a great blow struck against your foes. Yeah. Um, just basically enjoying the stories, but a little bit more loudly than everybody else. <laughs> I love that sword. Yeah. Uh, There's no low volume for Stormpiercer. Sadagar wouldn't necessarily be interjecting because he can't. But you get the sense that Sadagar likes the netta that existed before way more than the netta that you have dealt with your entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elliot, that was so high pitched. Elliot explodes <laughs> into pressure. <laughs> and Sadagar is also very, very. There's a mournfulness to him. Um, because he knows what you know about what ultimately happened to Netta. Mm-hmm. So that there's a, there's a wistful sadness that edges your enjoyment of all of these stories. I know um, I say this all the time, but same, buddy. Like right there with you. So yes, while you are, but Maz was pointedly silent. There was no snide interjection on any of these stories. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, in in Cherish, like in Cherish's mind, it's like, you know, like what she hates fun, whatever. But like clearly, she doesn't even care enough about any of the situation to even make snide comments, like. Like, that is, like, what Cherish was assuming about the situation. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, like, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise her that Maz doesn't even care about this enough to make a comment, like. Right. So later that evening, you find yourself uh, having avoided alcohol for the night. Yes. <laughs> so. Boo. You are doing, you're having a more traditional settling down for bed. Yeah. Um. And Cherish is kind of like, like rubbing her forearm with her thumb, like the forearm that the person carved the message into, like, like she can almost feel it on her skin. Mm-hmm. And um, 
what she says is, Are you speaking aloud or are you simply speaking in your mind? Uh, in my mind. Okay. I know you're not exactly a fan of showing weakness, but... I'm scared. Fear is not weakness, child. Fear is your instinct telling you what you need to know to survive. Listening to your fear is not cowardice. Cowardice is an illusion. Survival is what matters. I suppose. In any regard, those that seek you out should be the ones to feel fear. Yeah. Your right. powers grow by the day. Our powers grow by the day. And soon they shall eclipse any who would oppose you. Your, your rhetoric kind of scares me sometimes, but I appreciate the pep talk. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel better now. There's a, a, a pregnant silence in your mind. And Maz will say, only want what is best for us. Sometimes, oh, blast it. I think Cherish is even like, like looking around, like, what do you mean? Like, what, what are you talking about? You have been coddled for far too long. That is not my purpose. I am here to make you great. To make us powerful. Kalkan will shower you with love. I will temper you into something fierce. Something to be reckoned with 
from here to the hells. I'm sorry if that comes off as mean sometimes. I don't know. I'm lacking in ambition, and you know that, and that's our biggest point of contention. Yes. <laughs> so, I guess <laughs> either we'll work on that or we won't. Oh, we'll work on it. <laughs> anyway, good night. Rest well, child. And you fall to sleep? Yes. The rest of you find all the rest you need? Unless there's anything else you'd like to accomplish this evening? Uh, I would like to do one thing. My, uh, Reed, you are muted. Yeah. I would like to do one thing, now that I'm oh, unmuted. Sure. Yeah. Um... Is there anyone out, like, are we sharing the tents? You only have the two tents, so I'm assuming unless somebody decides to sleep out underneath the stars in the, uh, out, or just out in the forge. Okay. Yeah, I'm assuming at least two of you are sharing a tent. Alright, well, whoever I'm sharing a tent with, I'm going to leave them there. I, I have a strong, I have a strong suspicion that Grawl is in a tent by himself, and Sid and Tears are sharing a tent. Which is exactly the... how he likes it. <laughs> Neither of them have had good experiences being near Grawl while he sleeps. Again, not my fault. As we're not my fault. <laughs> I'm a very, very good roommate. Sure, I'm just making certain assumptions yeah. about the sleeping arrangements. Um, but anyways. You're totally correct, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I figured. Uh, anyways, uh,. Grawl wants to, uh, like, once everyone else has gone to sleep, he wants to try and, uh, like, meditate and get to the point, uh, he's focused in on the words that, uh, the mayor said about squeaking. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. about. That's the bats. Yes, the bats! Oh, yes. no! Um, about getting to the dreamlands. Yes. He wants to try and go there. He just doesn't know how to do it. Excellent. Cool. Let me grab a source book real quick. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to go to there. I want to go to there. Please take me there. If it's a good thing, take me there. If it's a bad thing, say, no, you go to sleep. And there's one way to find Oh, That's God. True. I know. I know. Why would Mike ever warn you if it was going to be a bad thing? No. Yeah. Usually he go. He usually does this. Okay. 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 And we Which, we all look at him and it's like, he oh didn't fuck. Do that, we like you know. I know. He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have dropped that. You just have to know how to get there. Thing in in our conversation. Had he not been like, he's gonna go there one day. It's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you begin to meditate mm -hmm. on the the words of the mayor. The words that 
the, the name of the thing. Oh, and the file just opened right to the page I wanted it. Excellent. Um, <laughs> so I was reading up on this just in case. <laughs> so I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh, good, good. Yep. Uh, uh, hang on. I got this. I got this. Oh, I got a plus four to saving throws. Uh, that's an 18. Excellent. I don't like the way you said that. Excellent, though. <laughs> so, you begin sleeping. You think it's sleeping. Your body is resting, but there's a sense of disconnection that you suddenly possess. Okay. You feel yourself leaving your body in some way, drifting away from physical concerns. Mm -hmm. It starts by... replicating that feeling you've had so many times now. The feeling of broad flagstones beneath your feet, furniture you can't touch or see, the distant echo of the archive, whatever that place is. But now that you n sort of know that feeling and you try to navigate it, you can see that there are so many steps before you get there. That before you were blazing through on instinct, but now that you're stopping and slowing down, you can see, you can feel, you can know that there is a long, long set of stairs leading up, leading down, leading left, leading right. They don't make any logical sense, but your new form, whatever this is, knows which way to go. Cool. If you wish to traverse to the place you always end up. If not, there are so many more paths to tread in this place. Cool. As you focus and see this unwinding before you, you see that behind you is a set of gates. They lead out into these paths, but the gates will bring you back. You know instinctively that this is something called the Gates of Deeper Slumber. And it is through those gates that one may pass into the Dreamlands. Cool. What do you do? Um... 
just for like to make sure I'm doing it right, I want to go back to the place I normally go to. Okay. Tread the familiar path. It winds down, 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 down. Seemingly forever, but also instantaneous. You have the sensation of walking down an infinitely long spiral staircase. You don't get to the bottom, but it is certainly closer to the bottom than almost anyone has experienced. You see a set of doors, and they open for you. Not because they unlock, but because there is a weakness in that door that you, you of all people, know how to exploit. As you enter those doors, you find yourselves in the archive. And I say selves because you are now aware that there is a second you traveling with you. You see it. It's almost like you're watching yourself from a third-person perspective. You're watching yourself over your own shoulder go down these stairs, approach this door, find the weakness in that door, and move through it. You're aware of this other you, this echo, this dream self. You're unsure if your awareness is separate from this entity, because as you attempt actions, that is what this dream self is doing as well. There is no separation between the two, and yet you can observe this entity from the outside. As you reach for the door, he reaches for the door. As you pass through the door, you pass through the door. As he finds himself in the archive, seemingly for the first time of his own volition, so do you. Hmm. Do I have my book with me? Which book? The, uh, the, my book. My, my newly purchased book. No. Okay. Um, no, both you and this dream self in front of you are still wearing the rags you wore when you wandered out of the drylands. Ah, interesting. Um... Can I, like, I, I, I can interact with any of the books or anything like that? Is anything different this time other than my, my third-person perspective? No, though so that is an oddity. Mm -hmm. hmm. um, I'm going to explore a bit. Uh, do I feel any itching behind my eyes at all? No. No? Okay. Um, I want to grab a book from the shelf. Okay. Just a book at random? Uh, 
What's the oldest, gnarliest looking book I can find? Just as you enter the archive, you are in a large semicircular area, it seems. Not an atrium, not a place to be welcomed, but some alcove in this endless stack of shelves. This is not a beginning, it is not an end, but it is simply where you enter this place. Looking around, you see those endless stacks of books, scrolls, tablets, things you don't have words for. You see a large, old grimoire flecked with yellow. pages stained with time. Um, yeah, I'll take that out. Um, Your dream self grabs the book and pulls it off the shelf. Does dream self have the sword? No. Book in one hand. I want to attempt to summon the sword. Summoning the sword, you can see that nothing comes to your hand, but in your dream hand's self, it appears as a silver key. Okay. Does it look like, uh, like entering into the, uh, um, the, like the door that opened, was there like a keyhole or anything like that? No. Okay. Um... Interesting. Probably a problem for later, Grawl. Um. But then you look down at your hand and you see that you too are holding the silver key. And the grimoire. You look up and you can see that your dream self is looking up at some location you don't know, but is also holding the silver key and the grimoire. Okay. Um. Can I ever get closer to my, like, to myself? Or is it always a static amount of distance? It's always just like a radius. From it. Up till now it has been static. Do you wish to try to change that? Yeah. Okay. I need you to give me a charisma saving throw. Come on, Reed. Uh, that is a... 16. You will yourself to turn around. Your point of view does not change. But you see your body begin to slowly, as if resisting it at first, but then begins to turn to look at you. And you can see now, standing where you are, about five feet away, your own face staring back at you. Is there any sense of, like, realization, or is it a perfect, like, is it a mirror-like reaction? Is it, like, glassed over eyes, or whatever? It seems to be mirroring your expression. Okay, I definitely do an, uh, one raised eyebrow a couple times to see if it's perfect. It's perfect. Damn. 
could work me. Um, <laughs> okay. Can I... I would like to attempt to get closer. You take a step, it takes a step. Okay. You take another step, it takes another step forward. Perfect synchrony. Until you're standing face to face. You can feel his breath on your face. Um, interesting. When I look down and at my own hands, they appear as normal hands, right? Yes. Okay. And when you look down, he looks down. Okay. If I say something, does he say it exactly at the same time? Do you try? Yes. What do you say? I'm going to say my own name. I'm going to say Grawl. And half a second after you start saying it, it begins saying, Grawl. Um, I want to try and do the sweet high five that uh, Cherish and I have practiced so hard on um, <laughs> with myself. Do you drop the book or the key? I don't drop either one. I take them both and slide the key underneath the thumb while I'm holding the book. Okay. And you attempt to high-five yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is a flash as you do so. And you find yourself standing alone in the archive. Holding a book and a key. No more mirror grawl? Not as far as you know. Is there anything cool about this key? Or is it just a silver key? This is a silver key with no markings on it. Okay. Big? Small? Probably about six inches long. It's a big oh, key. That's cool. Um, I would like to open the book. Okay. Open the book. And there is a moment of not misunderstanding, but lack of understanding. There are words on the page here, but they they don't make sense. They they can't be right. They're off in some way. But even as you stare, they begin to coalesce and take shape. Not Physically, they're not changing in any way, but your mind seems to shift in some dramatic and frightening way. It needs to tilt to understand what is written here. As you continue to read, you know that it's not the words that are important. It's the reader's mind that has to shift to understand what is written here. To know what these words are 
you need to detach yourself from what is real, what is considered truth in the prime material. You need to understand some other further darker tapestry of reality. And there is an opportunity here to open yourself up to that if you so choose. Um. Hmm. Or you can snap this book closed and learn nothing of the far realm. I bet you that sounded great on the recording. Um, yeah, okay. Um, oh, it's so tempting. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Um, do it. Um, what happens? Is there anything going on with the key? There is a decision to be made here, Reed. Do you keep <laughs> reading? I, uh, Make your choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I keep reading. Okay. Perhaps there is a difference with the key. Perhaps it was always like this. The silver is tarnished now as you keep reading. The words flowing not from the page into your mind, but something is unlocked. There is a resonance to these words, not as they are written, but as they are meant. This isn't language, it's math, it's an understanding. You are now proficient in the language Aklo. Your intelligence score is reduced by one. That's fine. <laughs> Already at a minus one, so we're cool. And I'll be discussing the minor insanity you've just picked up off mic. Yay! A quick out of character question: Isn't that the one, the one language that almost have never tried to learn? Yup. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was remembering that correctly. Good. It's got a it's got a soft, uh, really, really, real soft R's in there, and he just doesn't like the way that it rolls off his tongue. That's probably what it is. Yes, yeah. that's probably what it is. Mm -hmm. You don't know if you have the palate capable of pronouncing what is written here. I don't think I want to say it out loud either. <laughs> you know that there is a a psychic component to this language that you aren't necessarily capable of communicating, but you can at least understand it now. And it weathers away at the mind of someone non-native to its use. Yay. When you wake up in the morning, there is a, a sense of understanding. You're looking at the world around you different than you did when you fell asleep. 
There was so much more you could learn in that place. This was just the start. And you see a fourth rune glowing on your sword. Is it the same? Like, is it the same color? Is it got cool? It's all just—it's all green, right? This one is yellow. Oh no! I done goofed, y'all. I done goofed. (laughs) 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 So we find ourselves on the twentieth of shade. The mayor's birthday. Tyrion swiftly approaching. Oh man. Part time, yay! <laughs> As you all find yourselves awake in the morning, there is a sense of anticipation in the air. Maybe it's just for the party. Maybe it's the the casual sense of dread some of you feel over going to a party being thrown by a vampire. She'll be fine. Maybe it's the the sense that you just can't have nice things. It can't be as simple as just a party. You know how this story goes. Something has to happen. What that is, though, you don't know. But it gnaws at you as you find what breakfast you can at the cow at the Iron Strike Metalworks. And that is why. Sneak peek. Cherish is not wearing a dress with a bustle. <laughs> But Grawl is. So. <laughs> so what? How do you approach the day? Um. Did we leave uh the Bella's old bub? Uh, did we leave with our stuff, or do we have to go pick that up? You have to go pick that up. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. Custom stuff that you had measured, but and right. like was being tailored to be ready for today. Yes. Okay. That's what I figured. Pay on delivery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you absolutely can go pick up all that uh, first thing in the morning. Um, Grawl seems strangely chipper. Does he? Morning. Is he, hum- is he humming? <laughs> high on life. I don't know what high means. Doing great. Uh, Yay. Did you sleep well? <laughs> yeah. You slept great. Yeah, I did. Good. How many eggs do you want? Do we have eggs? I want eggs. I'm making eggs. <laughs> I'll cook. Or someone's cook? making eggs. I'll make eggs. I would like eggs? like 17 eggs. Maybe 18. I didn't buy that many. Can I have 16 eggs? You can have three. Four and Four. a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. I'll split one with you. I can't make half an egg. No, I I will make the egg and then we'll split it in half. Okay, fine. Four and a half. Perfect. Thank you. 
Anyone else sleep well? Just me? For once. <laughs> Rest of you slept fine. Bothered by whatever dreams might haunt your subconscious, but nothing too traumatic. Yeah, lots to think about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fun, um, though. There no... <laughs> are there any particular scenes you wish to happen? Or are we fast-forwarding even further to whenever it is you head out to the plantation? Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything else I want to do. I think, yeah. we need to, I think we need to get to that cotillion. I know, we've been so jazzed about it. Yeah. Um, question. <laughs> I'm curious about it. Does Grawl remember his l midnight mental escapade? You remember every moment of it. Oh, God. In perfect detail. Oh, nah, that's, that's unsettling, and Grawl feels that way, too. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything else but to go and party hardy. Eventually, you pick up your fancy party clothes. The festivities are all day long. You can basically head there whenever you want. You know that the the true birthday celebration won't happen until sunset, but that is pretty early in the evening, all things considered. We are in midwinter, after all. Mm -hmm. The party starts early in Blue Gulch and only ramps up as the day goes on. There is a huge block party happening throughout all of the center green. The entire town has poured out for this. This is the, the one day a year where the plantation work just stops. Uh, the mine across the river is still going, though the vast majority of its workers are over on this side of the river for the party. Despite the division between Deep Seam and Mayor Von Zarovich, there is a sense of just like, well, at least one time a year, everybody needs to blow off a shitload of steam. Mm -hmm. And they might as well do it all at once. So, the saloons have set up, like, pouring stations outside their doors on the streets. It's like friggin' Mardi Gras out here. Yeah, boy. Children are playing like crazy runaround games of tag and hide and go seek all over the park and uh, in the city. Uh, the the orphans from the orphanarium are pouring out nuns, kind of chasing after them, making sure they're not getting into too much trouble. The nuns are kind of serving as the proctors, looking over all of the city's children, at least for today. Mm -hmm. They are nuns of vengeance, after all. The children know how serious they can be. <laughs> People are cooking huge amounts of food. There are whole auroxes on spits being rotisseried on giant fires that have just been built out in the middle of the street. Ooh. Business in town has basically shut down for the day. This is the largest party any of you have ever seen outside of the Maker Festival. But even then, the Maker Festival has a different air about it. There's a sense of renewal to the the maker festival there's a sense of community building and 
commerce. This is just more of a block party. It's a cookout. It's a wedding reception. It's people sitting around cracking cold ones with their friends and family eating good food. With their boys, might you say? (laughs) I could say that. I didn't. (laughs) Cracking open some brewskies with my boys. What is it a is it a Saturday? Uh, technically it's Saturday. Technically, it's like a Sunday. Yeah, technically it's Sunday. Mm. Well, alright then. Yeah, freaking go party, you guys. Yeah, there are sights, there are smells, there are games to be played, there are prizes to be won. It is, it is a carnival. It is a a country fair. It is all of those things wrapped into one. It is the mayor's birthday. And at least in the town proper, it is a good old-fashioned affair. You know, the cotillion proper up at the the plantation is a bit more fanciful. But at least here, it is just... Yeah, I think state fair is a good level of what you nice. should be imagining here. Funnel oh my cake. gosh. Are there are there like knife slash axe throwing games and can I win prizes doing them? One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. That thrown weapons mastery is fine <laughs> finally. Oh, this is my moment. Give me a uh thrown weapon attack roll. Oh shit. <laughs> There's just one right outside of the iron work. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh that is a fifteen. Just I like rolled really bad. Thud right in the middle of the uh thing, and the guy running the booth is just like double or nothing. Oh like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. What are the prizes like? What tell me about these prizes while I'm rolling. So if you get if you win one throw, you get uh, a fun little uh, pin-on badge with the mayor's face on it. <laughs> if you win two throws, you get a uh, replica straw hat that looks like the mayor's. Get me that hat! Get me that hat! If you if you win three throws, you get. A ticket to go to the called shot and sample any drink you want. Oh, oh heck yeah! Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just like I put my hand on girl's shoulder and I'm like, it's fine, I got this, and I throw. And with the 24, I'm assuming I just just it, just it, Robin fucking... Hood. It Robin Hood splits the other one in half, and he's like, it's, <laughs> it's like yeah. an axe. Yeah, it's it's like a hand axe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The metal of the axe peels like yeah. a banana. And he's like, hey. <laughs> hey that was my axe. Alright. And she says, alright, well, third time's a charm. And then he'll walk up to the target and give it a spin. And you can see now that it's on a swivel and the whole thing's spinning around. Make this last attack at disadvantage. Okay. 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 You got this, Tirza. I need, I need, I need you to get this. I need this. Uh, boom, 19. 
All right. The last axe throw just gets it right in the center. Excellent grouping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a cheer from like an assembled group of people who are waiting in their turn. Um so you get the pin, you get the hat, and you get a voucher for a free drink over at the called shot. Yes. I know exactly what drink you should get. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and also, if you don't want it, I mean, I totally understand. <laughs> you know, I know you're not the biggest drinker, but um, but it but it's yours, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, n- enough about the drink. That hat, though. That hat. <laughs> I, I will give him. I will graciously place the hat into his hands. Thank you. And I take off the stupid bucket hat I've been wearing this entire <laughs> time and change nothing about myself. Okay. And now you're wearing like a, a barbershop quartet hat. Yes. <laughs> I feel my power growing. (laughs) (laughs) So there are stations with large slabs of fried and sugared dough. There are uh, big areas where they're popping corn. There is uh, a whole station where there's like bobbing for apples and uh, pin the tail on the aurochs. And there is definitely a couple like, bare knuckle fist fighting rings. Oh shit. I can do that too. <laughs> With the power of this hat, I will uh, <laughs> ride the Oroks. No, it's not true. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I was gonna say, so it, a tragedy of my real life is that I've never had a funnel cake. Uh so I'm gonna have I'm gonna go eat a fa- a fantasy <laughs> Elliot, live your fantasy dreams. Fun. I know, yeah. When the <laughs> <Oregon> <laughs> State Fair rolls around. Remember when we went to the Washington County Fair like fucking three years in a row, and in not no time did I get a funnel cake. I know. Tragic. This this is what D and D is all about. <laughs> Wish fulfillment. <laughs> so. Anything else in particular, any of you wish to accomplish at this during the fairground, essentially? Do they have shaved ice? Yes. You will be disappointed by the flavors, though. It's a dirt flavor? It's just like. It's water flavor. It's just like they. they it's it's less, uh, less sugary than you would like. Is it juice? Yeah. I'll take two. Okay. Cold juice, basically. Whatever. Uh, I'll take a popsicle. I I think they do end up at the cold shot at one point, and I do give Sid my drink voucher. Really? Oh, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I don't... don't... You don't really... You don't really... Outside the cold shot? Rosanna has wheeled out what looks like a long trough with five cactuses on it. Each of the cactuses has a spigot. The famous cactus juice. Yes. Cactus juice. Okay, okay, okay. I take the uh, the voucher and I, I, I run up to Rosanna and I say, uh, your finest cactus juice, and I'm sorry about the other day when I climbed on your roof. Well, you learned your lesson. I shot at you, so you know. 
I did learn my lesson, not the hard way. It's true, because I missed on purpose. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> I told you she missed on purpose. Cherish is now eating a Joke. brick of curly fries, which is a thing I have had in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Rosanna will yank the mm-hmm. uh, will yank the voucher out of here. Then she'll walk over, and you see that there are small little... But at first you think they're shot glasses, but then you can see they are stoppered little tubes of sugar cane that are being used as glasses for the cactus juice. Ooh, fancy. They seem to have been at least, like, mildly hollowed out, but there's still, like, some of that sweet, caney goodness in there as she, like, does something with a tap and pours out a little bit of cactus juice. You can see there's only about two fingers. Well, I guess it is three after all. That's... And Storm Bracer will say, what is this drink precisely? I don't know. And then I drink it. <laughs> we might have to fight a vampire later, but okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're all going to be right. sloshed and, like, taking huge disadvantages. Storm Piercer says, sure. as you are downing this. I am. It's true. I'm going to need you to give me a constitution saving throw, my friend. Okay. As this is happening, Tears is like, I'm sorry, the only prize I have left is a pin. And I give it to Cherish. I don't want this. I'll take it. I got a 10, by the way. Oh boy. Yeah. Sid's pupils are so wide all of a sudden. Hmm. Colors are brighter. Hmm. The music is very good. You have the sudden intense need to let out a whoop or a holler. Stroke that very well, man. <laughs> and Stormpiercer's voice says, Sid, are you okay? I'm doing great, man. I'm feeling great. This party's dope. What are we doing here again? Sid. Sid. Sid, there's a banjo in the distance. It's so melodic. Just the twang of the strings suddenly going very, very fast. Oh, you can barely keep up with how fast that banjo is going. I must find that banjo. Where is that banjo? I need to eat something. Eat these these curly fries. Ooh, what are these little banjos? And I stuff them in my face. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know like how to quickly sober up someone from cactus juice. Um, Rosanna. Make him puke. Yeah. Um, how you doing, Cherish? It's good to see oh, you. I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Ah, it's the bur- it's the cotillion. Right. Great day. Great day. Um, you don't sober up from this stuff super quick, do you? Just in general. I mean, there's a quick way. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's two quick ways. There's the, you know, and she kind of puts her finger down her throat. Yeah. Like, oh, you could try to, and she puts her finger down her throat again, but then points, and you can see uh, she's kind of vaguely pointing towards Mixamilio's free hospital. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Neither of those are super great options. We'll just see. We'll just see how, how this plays out. 
I mean, it is presumably only like 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. We've got time. Uh, yeah, do we just babysit drunk Sid? I ain't babysitting anybody. He's an adult. I'm adult sitting. Adult Sid. sitting. I'm, I'm adult sitting drunk Sid. As Sid is stumbling around, Stormpiercer is saying, I am not okay with this. You just gotta I mean, let go, man. How many times did I tell him that a Ron filtered cactus juice would fuck him up? So many. Did he Literally to every time. What I had to know! Uh, it was so much better than I could have possibly dreamed. Uh, <laughs> you are hearing the color green. Ooh. 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 I look for something super interesting. I mean, I guess everything's very interesting right now. Mm-hmm. Something, something that calls to me. There is a a large white it, it looks like a wall with a bunch of people's heads kind of like bobbing up and down on top of it and it looks like you could just walk straight through that wall i'm gonna try and walk through that wall okay you all see sid okay, like anyone? stumbling towards a stage where there's like a bunch of people in white suits that seem like vaguely reminiscent of the mayors and they're all singing like in six-part harmony doing some acapella like songs they're trying their best again there's no bards guild down here this year so you're take, getting whatever entertainment you can and sid looks like he's about to just go head first into this acapella group i want to walk through the head of wall the wall of heads please <laughs> The wall of heads. Sid, Sid, those are people. That's people. That's not people. It's a thing. It's a one thing, a big thing that I can walk through and I know it. No, no, no. And it has secrets. It has secrets deep inside and I must know those secrets. I, I feel genuinely bad. Like, I'm the cause of this. I mean, you're what are you talking about? about? He made Tears his up. own choices. Tears up. I, I kind of gesture. Can I? Or oh. wait. Are they on a stage? Yeah, they're up on a little bandstand. It's like a little platform that was erected. It, Sid is climbing on top of it. I mean, it's only like a, a, a step up. Okay. Can I kind of gesture at this tent to like kind of part ways a little? They're <laughs> all like... still singing while this is happening. And like three of them go one way, three of them go the other. And Sid can just kind of like walk straight through. <laughs> First time in ca on Cactus Juice. And there's a general, like, everyone around kind of, like, laughing at Sid. It's like, ah, the out-of-towners on Cactus Juice. Oh, no. <laughs> this is amazing. Looking like a bunch like of a, rubes. It's like another world in here. Mm-hmm. I Do we just wait for it to wear off? Do you want to stick your finger down his throat and make him throw up? I'll do it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Do you do that, Grawl? Hell yeah, this is going to be hilarious. Um, All right. Oh, okay. What? All right. Do you have something to say? Do you... Cheers, did you want to do it? No. <laughs> I mean... No, I was going to ask. So I can get rid of poisoning. Does that count? Hmm. Does alcohol poisoning count? It's got the word poison in it. I will say, because you can usually do that for five points of lay on hands, yes? Mm -hmm. You spend ten, I'll say you can sober somebody up. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll do it. 
I don't really want to see this. I don't want to hear. I don't want our audio listeners to hear this vomiting scene. (laughs) So, yeah. We've already made Sid throw up once in this campaign. So, we should keep it to one. Yeah, Yeah. this is meat chunks. Meat chunks was the first time. This one will just be liquid, so we can just put like a gentle stream clip, you know. So uh, Tirza will will lay on hands for ten points, and I, and it like pulls away. I think she pulls away, and it's like there's like a moment of dizziness. It's not like a drawing out, but it's just a like oh, that's like that's weird, weirder than just healing someone is. And for half a second, Sid is sweating profusely just buckets for a a solid five seconds and suddenly you're sober wow that is an abrupt ending holy (laughs) shit (laughs) come down off of salvia (laughs) (laughs) i was just walking through a tunnel of men (laughs) let's get you some water (laughs) yeah (laughs) holy shit I'm just I handing those out. know that I can do that. <sighs> oh yeah, you. I'll say this much: you do not see a lot of people drinking the raw, unfiltered cactus juice. It is mostly idiots on a dare. Nice. And he just did it. <laughs> no one dared me. That was me. That was I did it. I drank the cactus juice, and I regret nothing. <laughs> Quickly write that on the pen. <laughs> Stormpiercer says, you should. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we haven't gotten all gussied up yet. Yeah. Are you sure you guys don't want to try it? It's pretty cool. Uh, how about after the mayor's thing? Yeah, I guess we could do that. Like a celebratory sort of yeah, you know, like journey a, through the like a victory, like a victory, like drink. Uh-huh. A victory drink. A victory yeah. over a party? I mean, we defeated the party. <laughs> We're a party. They're a different party. We gotta be the best the best party standing. Last party standing. I don't that know one. what you're talking about, bro. Yeah, yeah, I see. <laughs> I'm too. You kind I, of make me want to take more cactus juice. Yeah, no. and I'm saying, yes, no. we do that after. Okay, after. right, 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 after. Yeah. yeah. I can do that. Yes. Not Sid beelines for the trough. We have to swing it back. (laughs) Just dunk my head in it. Turns out it's basically like cocaine. It's just really (laughs) addictive. Get that raw, that raw cactus juice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think, I think we just like mess around a bunch. Okay. Spend the day cavorting and. uh, Eventually, you start to get into the early afternoon, and you know that it's a couple of hours uh, walk to the plantation. So if you, you plan on doing that, you'd probably have to go home, change, and uh, head out there. Mm-hmm. Could um, we? Is there a ride there? Or I mean, I guess we could ride there, but are we going to ride? There are a few hay party? carts going back and forth all day long. We got horses, y'all. I don't no, but think it I gets can ride a horse in what I'm wearing, and it gets all dusty and dirty. You think Your clothes it's will be, be all gross. You want us to ride with the hay, then? Alternatively, you can hire a carriage. Uh, how much would that uh, <laughs> run for? A carriage ride out there for all four of you cost you five gold. 
I mean, that's not. Anyone? Poultry. Anyone? For us. Yeah. This is the equivalent of renting a limo for the prom. Oh, guys, you're so cute. Go into prom. Yeah, nobody in town is doing this. Nah, man. They're just waiting for the, the, the dumb schmucks to purchase their services, which I am so down for. Okay. I mean, yeah, we're all tourists, except for <laughs> Cherish. And Cherish actually, like, has something nice to wear with a cotillion for once. She's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> so when you finally uh, get changed, you know that Kalkin is coming with you to the cotillion. Uh, when you come home, you can see that she is wearing what she considers her nicest set of clothing. You've seen her wear it a few times. Um, it is basically padded armor, but it's modified to look more like a suit. Uh, she's definitely wearing trousers with like a, a padded jacket with like big thick shoulder pads on it. Um, it is it it is breasted though, so it kind of like comes out away from the undershirt, and uh, she is wearing a a bolo tie made of chainmail. Cool. It's like very. Nicely, like, woven together. I have the coolest mom. <laughs> nice. Uh, and the, the pants are specially crafted to have, like, a sleeve on one thigh for her hammer. Oh, wait, yeah. Can we, can Calkin come in our carriage? Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't know if it increases the price. No. You're basically, again, like a limo, like, you can get as many people in there as you can try. <laughs> so are we all paying one gold? Yeah, we could do that. Huh. Oh, yeah. That works sure. I'll, I'll pay for Calcan. Okay. Yeah, she's definitely hasn't to part with gold for something as frivolous yeah. as a carriage. It's like, come on. It's, she it's was... my first cotillion in a really long time. And come on, just live it up. I'll pay for it. All right. Um... So, getting everything together, you change into your party duds and load up into, uh, eventually the carriage just pulls up in front of uh, Iron Strike Metalworks. And you all come out in your party duds, which, what does that look like? Who wants to go first? I know. <laughs> okay, I mean, I think, <laughs> think Piers' is the most straightforward, right? Yeah. Isn't Tears's basically nothing? Oh, He's going naked? Wow. No, no, you <laughs> yeah. can't go that way. It's, it's weird. It's a, it's a weird look that she's choosing. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> I get oh. a birthday suit for a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> that all makes sense. Elliot, were you gonna? Oh, go? I thought you were gonna go. I thought no. you that was a lead into. Oh. Because, yeah, I was under the impression that uh, Tirza did not have anything fancy. Um, no, so, you're, you're not, you're not wrong. Um, I think she probably did, she just commissions basically what is, like, not her robes to go under her fucking scale mail. <laughs> so, it's this, like, uh like blue kind of um it's not like a tooly kind of fabric but it is sort of sheer um soup like heavily layered so her 
you know, she has like dress dress sleeves basically and like a dress skirt underneath. It's armor chic. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, she's just like I'm not going to Olivia is not going to give up the uh 17 armor class and neither is Tirza. And are you bringing your shield and warhammer as well? Uh, no, I will not bring my shield. Thank you for mentioning that, Mike. Okay. I will switch it out for, um, I will wear the necklace that Neta gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, however, she like, it's basically like the fantasy equivalent of this dress has pockets. She like pulls back like a fold in her dress and the warhammer is just like there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Calcon is just like, damn right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cherish is, uh, like, the, the, uh, uh, the cultural touchstone is, uh, the 2004 Pride and Prejudice movie, um, what, like, Kira Knightley as Elizabeth Bennet, what she wears to the Netherfield Ball, um, which is a pretty simple, like, Regency-style dress, like, it's got the short sleeves and, like, the empire waist and kind of a, like, flowy skirt. Uh, but instead of being white, it's like a dusty rose. But it's made of like a really nice fabric. So it's mm-hmm. it's pretty it's still pretty simple, but it's maybe she has like a stole too. Um, and when you come out wearing that, Calcon will get a little choked up and. Like uh, it's. Uh, oh, and, and her and her hair is like kind of done up the like like. Kira Knightley's in uh, Pride and Prejudice, so like it's it's like a me- like messy updo, but like um, uh, and uh, Calcon will produce a white lily from somewhere and tuck it into your hair, kind of like between <sighs> your ears and your horn a little bit. Wailing. Thanks, um, I. Sid, oh. crawl. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if you were done. I feel, no, I, I feel like Sid and I are both waiting to go, like, come out of the house proper, and then it was like, do, do you want to go first? Or I got I this. Uh, and then I, okay. I step out. Uh, yeah, Sid is wearing, like, a, um, a button-up silk shirt that kind of goes up to his neck. Um, he transformed the glamour-studded armor into a, like, a, like a vibrant emerald vest. Um, with like uh, gold, um, little gold um, buttons across the front. He has like a, a totally white, sort of like petticoat kind of a thing that goes down to his knees. Um, the inside of which is a matching emerald green. Um, he has sort of knee-high boots, um, white pants matching petticoat, and uh, black uh, leather gloves as well. Uh, and he has like a, a green sash around his waist uh, with the scabbard for Stormpiercer. He's going to carry it with him. Uh, yeah, as you come out of the house, there's a moment where Calcon sees you and is just like, wow. Um, sorry, just had a moment there. Look just like him for a second. Hmm. 
sheriff kind of nudges her in the ribs. <laughs> sorry, sorry. He just, he was, you were kind of a fop. He was always dressed in fancy. Better. Sorry, 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 sorry. Well, he must have been incredibly handsome then. <laughs> you look very handsome, Sid. Oh, thanks. I wasn't fishing for it or anything. So. Never really my type, but uh. <laughs> um, and then. Gee, I, I wonder what Grawl's wearing. <laughs> uh, just socks. Just socks. <laughs> this he sucks. took the birthday suit. Yeah, seriously. yeah. Um, Step out. Yeah, oh! yeah. Oh, the, the, There's the, no the... pillow this time. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no pillow this time. Yeah. It's, it's socks, tidy whities a white button down, yeah. and sunglasses. And he slides out. Yeah, but then he trips and falls into the dirt. Yeah. And the whole all the all the white is now dirty. Talk about some risky business. Um, um, no, uh, comes out and he is wearing a uh, like a tailcoat, and it is a dark red, um, with like lapels and everything. And it is like if you look at it, like, oh, that's fancy. Oh, that's crushed velvet on my boy. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Some some ha- uh someone ha- some halfling or whatever talked him into buying it and he's like okay you're, you're, okay you're dressed like Shaft <laughs> it's not okay it's not it's not it's not like a Shaft like level of like okay, it's not okay. Shaft level of like long coat it's like formal wear with the like it comes up a little about it like his his ribs and then the tails go off the back he's okay. wearing his like dress pants um. Are you wearing your armor under that? So he's got the half plate, just the like the mm-hmm. chest piece uh, underneath. Um, half half plate is not just a breastplate, my friend. No, half I know. plate implies like bands of metal across right. the arms and right. legs. Yeah, no, he's not wearing any. Like, he's just wearing the chest piece. Okay, so effectively for your armor, then uh, make sure that you're using the stats for breastplate, okay. not for half plate. Those are slightly different. Yep. I was um, going to modify my armor to only be the top half, and then I realized that Mike would make, make me do that, and I changed it. No, I, I figured something like this. Um, so he's got the the shiny silver underneath the like the the cool like red color, and uh, and on top of all of this, you're wearing your greatsword. Uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, wait. Can I? Well, there's nowhere to like attach it to with this outfit um yeah yeah so i'd just be walking with it Uh um can yeah can you turn it into a cane maybe i don't want to be no um can i turn it uh if i try to turn it into a book what happens (laughs) oh no (laughs) Just put all our fancy clothes on, bro. I... <laughs> so, you dismiss the sword and mm-hmm. attempt to resummon it as a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. When it coalesces, it does so in your hand as a large black grimoire, huge tome that you basically have to carry with one arm, like a child, like. 
like that thick like, like, like dictionary like a, oh god oh, that's fine is it like is it buckled clothes or anything like that oh there are three bands of iron Perfect. around this book each one has a lock cool or are the rest of us just like the you fuck just, just not carry it yeah. yeah i know i just wanted to see if i could do it honestly <laughs> okay um Grawl? yeah each of those locks looks as though a large, perhaps six-inch-long key could fit inside. Cool. But there are three locks. Great. <sighs> cool. Awesome. Bring the keys out of the yeah, well, I'll figure that out at some point. Yeah. Yeah, and then Freddy Krueger's gonna show up, and I gotta pull him out of the dream and kill him. The book also has a long strap so that you could wear it around your neck and shoulders so that it hangs at your hip. Nice. Can I do that? Like, find a way to get that underneath the jacket? Just oh yeah, bit? absolutely. That's yeah. sort of what I was implying. Cool. Awesome. Let's do that. Okay. Oh, and he's you got anime-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Don't even talk to me about like anime-looking characters. Your crushed velvet and your giant ass book. This is a book, man. I'm just a fancy dude. I'm all about intelligence with my negative one. Fake it till you make well, it. Charisma. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. so yep. Here, so. You all <laughs> pile into the cart and begin journeying in an easterly direction out of Blue Gulch. Moving down the long, dusty road is still high afternoon. The sun is up. You pass a large hay cart full of people heading to the plantation for the the proper party, as it were. These people aren't as finely dressed as all of you, but they're clearly people of import. You see Mix Emilio on the back of a donkey moving towards that area. He's got three what looks like huge barrel kegs strapped to the butt of this thing as he's riding near the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is that one of your patients? <laughs> I don't. I don't shout that. <laughs> That's incredibly rude, Tirza. Why would you yell that? Yeah, I, know. I was a sheep for an hour. It was bad. I thought we were over this. I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> Little flea stuck in the back of your throat. About an hour and a half later, you eventually reach the, the outskirts of the plantation, and you can see that huge poles have been erected across the fields. Streamers running from pole to pole of black, silver, crimson, blue, uh, a, a myriad of colors dangling from each of the poles are huge paper lanterns that have yet to be lit. It seems as though the whole field here will be lit up once the sun finally sets. You see that plantation workers who you saw busily working in the fields are lounging around at pavilions and large tents that have been set up. There are Drink stations to and fro across the fields. People are lounging around. There is a huge pool that has been set up 
near the front of the the mansion proper. It looks as though a wood construction of some kind, and inside you can see what looks like, I mean, they've essentially just set up a pool out here that people can take a dip in, um, as opposed to going over to the river, and you can see little bits of ice floating in it, so it is cool in the heat of the day. Though, once night falls, this will become an icy death trap for those who aren't careful. Um, I'm sure that won't <laughs> come into play at all. <laughs> That's fine. Off to one side, you can see this huge rack has been constructed. And as you approach, you see that the hill giant you saw before is helping people off of their horses, grabbing the horse, and then setting <laughs> it up on the rack. The horse looking terrified for half a second, uh, but then we'll just settle down in these, like, impromptu stalls. It seems to be some kind of uh, <laughs> service being offered for the cotillion. Valet parking, how fancy. Valet yeah. horse parking. As you pull up into the front of the mansion proper, coming around the the large statue of the mayor, you see crowds and crowds of people all across the plantation. But the fancier folk are gathering towards the rear of the mansion, not going through the house, but streaming around it. There is a large path set out with tall tiki torches that even now are beginning to come aflame, even in the early afternoon letting out long trails of black smoke. And people are dis dismounting their horses, getting off of carts, uh, walking up the road and moving down this path towards the rear of the mansion. Yeah, I think once we dis uh, disembark his boats, uh, once we get out of the carriage, that's probably what we're going to do. Okay. Getting around the side of the house is very easy. Everyone's going there. And you can see that there are dozens of people streaming towards the rear of this place. And the streamers you saw out in the fields are mirrored here, though they you can now see that those streamers out there were made of paper. Here in the back of the house, they are made of fine silk wound in spirals from pole to pole. And they create this large rectangular space in the rear of the mansion. The construction you saw halfway complete before is now done. There is a huge bandstand off behind the mansion proper. But separating you from the bandstand is this large, broad... They made a dance floor back here. It's a huge, wide, wooden floor. Perhaps 200 feet long by 100 feet wide. Off to the sides of it, there are tables, some of them tall, some of them short, some of them meant to be stood at, some of them meant to be sat at. There is one long table off to the left that is laden with food of every description. There's a large ice fountain right in the center of it that seems to be producing punch of some kind. It is a large, icy rendition of a very friendly-looking bat. 
and there is juice coming out of its mouth, dribbling down this re- beet red punch coming down and pooling at the bottom of this ice this, sculpture. This kitschy motherfucker. Hey, he plays to his audience, okay? And there is a band playing. They're playing pretty, like, decently high-tempo music, though no one is particularly dancing a ton just at this point. There is no sign of the mayor or his entourage. I give Cherish a knowing glance. I got that reference. And then I sort of nod my head at the at the dance floor and then look at the other two. Cherish taps her nose. Why are we tapping our nose? I thought we were over this bit. I don't understand. Why are we tapping our nose? Oh, no, I was scratching it. Oh. It just you seemed mm-hmm. like it was very it was a very deliberate scratch. It just seemed very out of place. Yeah, you ever have like one of those like itches that you just really have to scratch i do it's so itchy Mm -hmm. yeah i'm I'm guessing that's probably oh okay hey girl how do you feel about dancing what dancing dancing what do you feel about it dance floor well there's a dance floor yeah i mean you can dance anywhere you don't need a specific floor to do that that's true Mm -hmm. why are you wanting to go dance it's right over there bud you can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. You can behind. leave us all behind. Just, yeah, we'll just stay <laughs> <here>. Lord. <laughs> what about you, though? How do Me? you feel about it? Yeah. I am... I, I guess I feel in favor of dancing. Like, I, I okay. don't have a bad opinion of it. What it's is a fine. traditional hobgoblin dance? Don't know. You don't know. I mean, it probably it, involves blood a... and like probably. war cries and stuff. I don't, I don't know. Not exactly a lesson they go on and on about. Okay. Is there a traditional hobgoblin dance? So here's a question I have for you, Reed, and this is something we'll need to talk about later. Is okay. how much of hobgoblin society was Grawl privy to? I don't think a lot. Yeah. Not like the nice part, like dancing. Right. No, I mean, like, he would have been, like, he has some education, and all he knows mostly is the fact that uh, hobgoblins are badass, and, like, their rule or whatever is the, the ultimate good for everyone. Trust us. Yeah. <laughs> Hobgoblin dancing yeah. is, I would say, at least as you were exposed to it, uh, represents a haka more than anything else. Oh, it is yes. meant to be fierce and intimidating. Um, it is not necessarily something done at cordial events. It is something to to amp up the troops to to stir the blood. Mm. Should absolutely do a haka at this fancy dinner party. <laughs> I mean, we used to do hakas for the cross, but I'm not doing that at. At whatever, what time this is, 11.30 at night <laughs> in my house. Um, uh, 
Well, so Grawl might know that then, if it was part of like a military education. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, okay. How about this, Sid? Hobgoblins don't dance like that. Okay. Uh, how, do, how do I explain it? Um, there's lots of yelling, and it usually happens right before, like, we ride in and lob someone's head off. I don't know. It's meant for, like, war and not what... Not like, like a party expression yeah idea. yeah so i mean i can i'm sure i could probably do whatever that is because whatever we do is way more complicated it's just better that okay. way um <laughs> uh but whatever that little like walking in a square or whatever some sort of stepping box i don't know what we call it um that is yeah, yeah that is a dance if you wanted what? to learn what no 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 uh, I'm good right over there. And Grawl walks away. <laughs> <laughs> right towards the the uh, the bat with the booze. The, bo- the boozy the bat. Calkin will say as Grawl leaves, I don't think he knows how to dance. <laughs> I don't think so either. Okay. I heard that. I heard that. I totally know how to dance. 100% know how to dance. Just... Uh. I feel like if he knew how to dance, he would. He would dance. dance. Are you guys threatening me? Are you you guys calling me out from halfway across the party right now? Is that what's going on? Yeah. You're disturbing the other guests. Fine, I'm coming back. (laughs) As you're all standing around berating Grawl, (laughs) there is uh, an intake from behind you as. Some of the party goers like murmur and begin speaking with one another in hushed whispers. And turning, you see that there are newcomers to the party. Kill them. A procession of swarthy looking dwarves approach the party from the side of the house. And you can see at their lead is a long bearded wide-nosed fellow with a slightly balding pate and a long cob pipe hanging out of one side of their mouth. They're stumping forward, leaning on a cane tipped at the... or headed by a large chunk of glittering ore that seems to have gemstones growing out of it in an uncut way. Cherish, you immediately recognize Danjo Deepseam. Yeah. And his numerous brood of children coming behind him. I kind of look at, at Kalkin. Like, make eye contact. And she'll nod solemnly and kind of, like, pat her hammer. And she'll say, ain't got nothing to worry about him. It's just weird that they're here, though. Technically, they're invited. This they is. Nope, no, this is odd. Do you guys think like some drama's about to happen? Like, oh, for which... sure. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. I mean, if it is, they've got a couple of hours before the mayor shows up. Right. 
You could ask them to dance. If you'd like to, you can, girl. I mean, you you were the ones that were very excited about dancing, so I'm just throwing out options. Uh, I was more excited about seeing you dance, but that's fine. Did you want to dance with me? Is that what you're I, trying to say? That's not what I'm offering, girl. Then who's that's offering? Cherish nudges cherish nudges in the ribs. You see the deep seam contingent moving out onto the dance floor. Oh. And there's a, a stuttering moment as the band on the opposite side sort of loses its momentum a little bit as these dwarves storm the dance floor. There are probably a dozen of them. You recognize at least one of them yeah. as Dogar Deepseam. Their shaved head, very particular. There are several others that you don't recognize, though. Uh, Cherish, you would recognize the the oldest of the Deep Seam children. Dagon Deep Seam. And they are carrying some kind of large chest or box or something. It's a container of some kind. And mm -hmm. it's it's huge. Um, maybe the size of a small gnome or a goblin. Weird. And as the music sort of stutters and fades and any dancers on the floor will sort of stop and make way for this contingent of dwarves. The party goers all focused on this band of deep seams that have just shown up out of the blue. Calcon will mutter, Yeah, I don't like this one bit. There's more nervous muttering around, and you can see the steely eyes of Danjo Deep Seam just sweeping the crowd. He's gnawing ever so slightly on the end of his pipe. Finally, when he's sure he has everyone's attention and the party back here is relatively quiet. In the distance, you can still hear the sound of other revelry out in the plantation fields. Yeah. There's more music, more shouting, more hoots and hollers. But at least here, it's relatively still. Danjo Deepseam will take the pipe out of his mouth and say, I reckon we got a problem in this here town. And that's that our mayor is selling us out to demon-worshipping no-goodniks. And he'll motion to Dagon, and his child will tip the box forward. It'll crack open, the hinge falling forward, and the head of some gnarled creature will roll out onto the dance floor. Its jaw falling limp to the side, a large black tongue rolling out from between spiked teeth. Curled ram's horns curving around its head. And a three-toed brand seared into its forehead. 
And I think it is there that we will end our session. Mm-hmm. Because as always, you can find us on Twitter at MatcomRPG. That's spelled M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. We always love hearing from all of our listeners, especially about what is all this then? Yeah, or something. Oh. Finally, people are finally people are speaking sense. Um, hey guys, you can find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. Come hang out, and yeah, let's fucking get this party started. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um. Let's get it started in here. <laughs> black Eyed Peas. <laughs> um, and if the Black Eyed Peas want to tweet at us, go for it. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, you can find well, me. Where are you at? What? Wait, yeah. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Um, if he wants to tweet at me at uh, the Readamus, um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at that name, that handle, that whatever. Just add me. You had it the first time. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. I got. I can do it again. Do you want me to do it again? No. <laughs> Anyways, um, come let me know how bad my choices were in this episode because, uh, <laughs> as far as I know, I know my track record is great. There's still time. There's still time. Hey, just dance hey. next to the. You know, He's you dancing the dance macabre. People, people can ask me to dance. Okay. Right. That's a thing people can do. It's a Listen, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I'm not on Twitter, um, so that seems to be a common way that young people get in contact with each other these days. Um, but I'm not a young person. I'm an old person. I'm a young person's body. So if you need to get a hold of me for whatever reason, you can rate our show hmm. on whatever platform you're listening to and mention my name specifically for some reason. That sounds great. We love hearing from you guys, and we love uh, seeing what you guys think of the show. So please do that. Absolutely true. And if you wish to find me personally on Twitter, you can actually do so because I am, of course, a very, very young person trapped in an older person's body. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at MKGargoni. You can also uh, follow our dear, dear friend Omatep over at NPC underscore AN, because even when he is not in the episode, he is, of course, an important NPC. Uh and, of course, you can hear me over on my other podcast if you so choose Panel Up, where we're talking about, uh, let's see, when this episode drops, we will be discussing uh, Toy Story 4, I think, will be the most recent episode. Um, and, yeah, I don't know how emotionally wrecking that movie's going to be, uh, considering how bad the third one was. But I'm preparing uh, for the worst, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> as always the world is chaos so please be kind to know one another uh, thank you so much for listening goodbye everybody goodbye Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>